With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We're not going to beat around the bush. Back-to-back manhandlings at the hands of the University of Louisville is grounds for some serious introspection of the Canes football program by the Canes Nation. And that is what we will do tonight on Canes Sport Live. The debut of true freshman Brad Kaya. How do you think he did? Should he have been out there in the first place? And if his presence in the starting lineup was going to cause such a conservative game plan at times during that football game last night against a Louisville team that you knew going in was most likely going to be able to score some points and that it would take getting to 30 to win that ball game. Why start him in the first place when he had the option of a fifth-year senior with 30 starts under his belt who handled himself admirably during fall camp? The Miami offensive line. Okay, there were times that they were simply outnumbered by eight and even nine men in the box last night. But there were other times, and a lot of other times, when they were simply out physical up front by an inspired Louisville defense. Shouldn't the line have had a better night blocking for Duke Johnson and protecting its true freshman quarterback, Brad Kaya? And what about the use of personnel at the wide receiver position? How was it that freshman Braxton Berrios seemed to be on the field way more than established veterans like Philip Dorsett and Herb Waters? And why weren't these guys allowed to challenge Louisville's single coverage on the outside earlier in the game than in the fourth quarter. What did you think of the defense? Things were far from perfect schematically or performance-wise, but didn't they look a lot more physical, active, and aggressive at times in last night's game? You saw Anthony Ciccolo making more plays than he has at any other point in his hurricane career, and Thurston Armbrister, the same deal, playing without question his best football as a hurricane. And man, can you say enough about Denzel Perryman and the way that he played last night, having to exit the game at the end in the fourth quarter because his body just wouldn't give him any more because he left so much out there on the Papa John Stadium field. Yet at the end of the day, it all ended with a 31-13 Miami loss. And that's the only thing that really matters, that Miami starts this season at 0-1 with its backs to the wall in the ACC once again. Did you see enough to build off as the season moves forward? Or was Monday night the beginning of a disaster this season for Alden? We will talk about all of that and more on what promises to be another lively edition this week of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Kane's a little road-weary after traveling all day back from Louisville. As always, this is your show. And it's going to be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. There was no reason for us to ask 
for questions and topics this week on the canesport.com message boards. I think they're pretty obvious. We expect a lot of phone calls and opinions tonight. So when you do come on the show, please try to keep your comments as direct as possible and to the point so we can maximize the number of callers that we'll have on tonight's show. So once again, the number, 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. And let's start out tonight in the 562, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on? You there? Jerk Pop. This is Jerk Pop from Los Angeles. Hey, how you doing, man? Well, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. What you got? Oh, nothing much, man. I was just calling the press based on last night's game. Altogether, I got what I expected from starting a freshman. You know, we got some little struggles. But my concern more than anything was with the play calling. Why for vanilla? Was it for scrimmage or what? Well, I think it was so vanilla because you were starting a true freshman. And, and that's the, the problem that I had with it all along. And, you know, I, I wasn't too vocal about it. You know, I, I have an enormous amount of respect for both Coach Coley and Coach Golden. And, but when they made that decision with Jake Heaps at their disposal to put a true freshman out there last night, and, you know, I just felt that their chances of winning were almost non-existent, you know, because I knew that they would have to, I don't want to say dumb down, but they would have to restrict the game plan quite a bit. And... Louisville was going to was going to be coming after Brad Kaya, and you knew that their game plan was also going to revolve around taking Duke Johnson out of the equation. And they were able to accomplish both of those. And um, the only way that Miami was going to counter that, going to be aggressively attacked down the football field and come up with other things like maybe some screens and different different things that would expose the way that Louisville was playing defense. And it was going to take a far more complicated game plan, in my opinion, than what they were going to be able to put out there with a true freshman quarterback. So from the day that that announcement was made, if you're asking me what I think, I felt like they took themselves out of that ball game that decision. Um, oh, okay, now to your probably... point, Gary, to, to your point, I actually called in three weeks ago and you told me why they should not start hiding, okay? And I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you at this point. But why wouldn't they just pull them if that was the case? I, I, there's so many things on the staff I just don't understand. I can't argue you, whether you should have been in or not. Well, if you were going to pull them, you should have never started them. I don't, I don't think that's how it works. I think to assess the game, and you, that's why you have the ability to change. This isn't like pulling a pitcher. You can take a guy out and put a guy back in. I just, well, I mean, I, I'm not it's not it. like you, he wasn't playing poorly. I mean, it's not like he no, was doing he anything significantly wrong. They they just didn't I have think... the they didn't have a justifiable arsenal at their disposal to go do to win that ball game against a good team. Okay, can I ask you a real question, Gary? No sugar coat. I, I understand that that the service you provide, you're not going to bash the coach. But why didn't they have a better game plan for this? This guy has the tools to make all the throws. He made a bad throw on the screen, which was twelve men on the play which cost us the ball. He made a bad play on the tight end ball that got picked off. And then he made the non-bad pass to uh, Philip Dorsett on fourth down. But aside of that, I can deal with all the things he did. Well, let's, let's not assume that Jake Heaps would have played a perfect ball game. You know, I don't think that's fair. Okay, he would have had his struggles too. But, you know, my feeling was that a guy that started 30 games in college that has the football IQ that Jake Heaps has, 
you could have that an expanded playbook. He he should be able to handle that at this stage of his career. And you know, I you asked why did they have the game plan they had? Well, I think they had it because they were trying to manage their freshman quarterback. But like I said, to me that was a huge mistake, and I think it played out in a manner that my thoughts on it were pretty darn accurate. You know, and I did a pregame show on uh, Monday afternoon with uh, Rick Neuheisel, the longtime quarterbacks coach, and he's been the head coach UCLA. at UCLA and Washington. And um, we were talking about this quarterback issue, and, you know, he 100% agreed with what I was saying. Like, you know, he couldn't state in definitive enough terms how problematic it is to go into a football game like that with a true freshman that's never been there before. And, um, you know, it was, it was just tough. And I, I just feel when they made that decision, they took themselves out of that ball game. I, I guess I can't argue based on what was, what was presented last night. However, I think right, it was I'm not more play quality issue. I'm not being a Monday morning quarterback. I mean, I was consistent yeah, with I, that. I, 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 I respect your opinion. But at this point, I'm more concerned about the play calling that they presented for the freshman quarterback. I mean, the six straight runs – and given it the gust to run up the back, I can't even say that was a gust problem because the line was getting pushed back. I mean, there's just, well, we're so predictable. A little bit of the benefit of the doubt, and I and I know everyone's very angry, and I've been hearing it for the last 24 hours. I I was hearing it at one one and two o'clock in the morning last night on the streets of Louisville. I was hearing it at the Louisville <laughs> airport. Morning. I was hearing it at the Atlanta airport this morning, and I was hearing it in Miami International Airport when I landed there as well. And I mean, everyone is very angry, and, and, and they're coming down very hard on Al Golden, and they're coming down very hard on James Coley. To give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, my guess is that they suspected that the offensive line would perform better than it did. I think they felt like they would be able to run the ball better than they were able to in that ball game. And my initial thought when I was watching the game live last night was the reason that they were struggling so much running the ball was because Louisville was playing a lot of eight-in-man fronts in, in that game. And there were times when they did, when they did do that. But I started watching, and I've, I've, I've only gotten through you know, about the first half so far just because of travel. But when I start watching the, the, the game back, and I'm analyzing every single play in, in slow motion, I'm seeing that Louisville really didn't always play those eight-man fronts. That there were many times that they were there with seven-man fronts. And the offensive line was getting out physical, and they weren't oh, executing yeah. their assignments to the way that they should have. So I think that threw the coaches, number one. Um, so you've got to give them a little bit of doubt there. Um, but passing game-wise, they seemed bound to determine that they were not going to put Brad Kaya in a situation where he was going to have to deal with a wholesale blitz that killed them in the Russell Athletic Bowl, if you remember. And, but he um, got covered on the first pass. I mean, yeah, on first yeah, but you wanted, but but you know why? Because they were max protecting on that play. They kept Clive Walford in. They kept Duke Johnson in, and, and Clive Walford whiffed on his block. That's why he got pounced on that play early in the first quarter. Um, so th- they were doing everything they could to try to keep Brad Kaya out of situations where Louisville could just tee off on him, and that was clearly the game plan. However. At the end of the day, and this is why I felt strongly you needed a quarterback in there that could do call audibles and check out of plays and things like that, um, it wasn't enough to score anywhere close to enough points to win the game. 
I, let me ask you this. Just to that point, I do, I, I'm going to be hang up and let you get to the other callers. But he checked out of the play properly, to my understanding, on the pass to Coley on that uh, first down pass. To my understanding, that was his checkout. That was, uh, I think, what I heard rather on TV or the postgame, something like that. I, I don't think at this point we're going to put this on on Kaya. I think some, the, the coach got to take some of this. He got he to remember that he had all four camps to put together uh, a game plan for this defense. Now, I know it's a new D coordinator, but you have general looks at 3-4. They could have looked at Georgia State. Gary, I hope we get better in coaching, man. It's going to be a long season, but I, I, I'm ready to root for us, but I hope we get a lot better, man. Totally understand your frustration, um, and you certainly are not going to hear me put anything on Brad Kaya. I thought he, he didn't shrink in the moment. I thought he handled himself great. I just think he was in an impossible situation if you put it in terms of winning the football game, and I never felt like he should have been out there. I, listen, I, you got a redshirt quarterbacks. You flat out have to redshirt them. I mean, and I know I use Alabama as an example a lot. It's because I'm so enamored by how they run their program, and, and I'm impressed. But, you know, they signed a kid over a year ago by the name of David Cornwell, who was the top quarterback in America. He's not even close to playing yet. I mean, they've got three other quarterbacks ahead of him on this year's team. Um, that's how you, you bring a quarterback along. You don't even think about putting them on the field until they're redshirt freshmen or sophomores. And um, to me, Brad Kaya needed to redshirt this year. He's obviously not. I think it was a mistake, but the coaches are obviously doing what they feel is best, and that's what the University of Miami is paying them for, and their opinions hold a lot more weight than mine. Anyway, uh, thanks so much for being part of the show, and um, – Give us a call next week. No problem, Gary. Thanks. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 605, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. Dave, uh, Mav, Mav attack calling. Hey, what's up, Mav? Huh? you how'd, know. How'd, how'd, was, how'd you enjoy the game last night? <laughs> you know, I, you know I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I... I'm from Minnesota, and I I grew up a Canes fan, and it's been it's been rough lately. But um, you know, it as cliche as it sounds, it is what it is. But um, you know, I was I was you know I was I was disappointed by mainly by the line play, um, especially on the right side of the line with Isadora and uh, and Gadbois. They were. I don't know. I feel like they were kind of overwhelmed by the situation, and then I, uh, and then also on defense, I noticed we got um, we were getting killed in the middle of the field on those passes. I mean, what do you? What is the? What's the reasoning there? I don't. Great what, is there, observations. I mean, amazing observations by you, and I, and I'm going to tell you what was going on on, on both fronts. Um, let me start with the defensive question in, in the middle of the field. They were attacking Raphael Kirby. And when, when you look at the, the way – if you looked at all the tape of Raphael Kirby from last year's um, games, he always struggled in pass coverage. And he, very slow reacting, had a hard time staying with receivers. And, and they were I, – now, I haven't, like, obviously checked this out with Bobby Petrino, but it looked to me like they were going right at Raphael Kirby wherever he was, particularly – early in the ball game and taking advantage of the struggles that Miami's linebackers have traditionally had. Even Denzel has not always been great in pass coverage, although I thought he did a really good job last night, um, just played an out of this world ball game. Um, 
So I think that's what they were doing there. They were going after the Miami linebackers with that short passing game over the middle. Um, now, the offensive line, that's a, that's a, a more interesting topic. And I'm going to let you guys in on something that I noticed up there um, before the ball game, which struck me a little as a little weird, and I was immediately concerned about it. And as, after the pregame warm-ups, I usually go down to the field for the pregame warm-ups and, and just try to get a feel for what's going on and talk to people. And I was going up to the press box, and the Miami coaches happened to be um, a little bit in front of me. And I noticed that Art Kehoe was among the group going up to the press box. And this is the first time ever that I can remember in the, you know, what, 30s, whatever years Art's been coaching at Miami. or you know, I don't have the exact number, obviously, here in front of me. But this is the first time that I can ever remember Art Kehoe coaching from the press box. And, and, and not being on the field. And, you know, I obviously wasn't going to bug him at that moment right before the game and say, hey, what's up? Why are you going up to the press box? But, you know, usually offensive line coaches um, coach from the field because they have to make so many adjustments during the course of a game, and they, and they need to talk to their guys. And um, mm. I, I thought it was kind of weird that Art Kehoe was coaching up in the press box last night. And, I, and I'm going to try to get – to the, to the bottom of why they made that decision and, and, and this week and, and see if I can find out. But um, I thought that that may have impacted the way the offensive line played in that ball game, not having their coach down there on the field with them. Um, I thought a couple guys in particular really struggled. Isadora seemed to struggle quite a bit to me. I thought Taylor Gadbois had uh, times when he really struggled. And... Um, you know, so I I don't know. I, I think those young guys that don't have a lot of experience might have benefited from having Art Kehoe down there on the sideline with them. And and I'm going to be very interested to find out, you know, why Coach Kehoe coached from the press box and if that's going to linger for the entire year. Yeah, that that um that was I don't know that was a a big issue for us. And I I, I you know I was really flabbergasted on that wheel route by. Uh, Duke Johnson, you know, when that went for a 36-yard gain, we get the ball down to about the, oh, what was it, the three- or four-yard line. And Isadora, you know, I mean, I don't know in today's college football how you can even rationalize, you know, making that call. You know, he, uh, from what I saw, you know, he was maybe – you know, maybe a yard or two ahead of the normal line. But, I mean, if you're watching college football today with all these the spread offenses and everything, you'll notice a lot more of that. So, you know, I feel like that was a, a tough break on our part, but that's just kind of how it goes. But I, I guess I am happy on, you know, on one hand that they're not doing the offensive line by committee anymore and, you know, rotating everybody out. I You know, I hope that they can – develop some continuity but I my I think I for some reason I am not a fan of Gadfly. I'm not a fan of his his attitude. I don't think he he handled him well himself well in the off season and I um I don't know, I, I don't know. Like like I've heard you say before, things won't change until we see some new faces and I'm hope I'm hoping that change will be good but we're gonna have some major growing pains. Well, you know, you're hoping that's not the case. I mean, I, I think that you're starting to get past the point where you want to have these growing pains. You know, you're looking for this program to turn the corner a little bit here. But uh, last night was frustrating 
if, if you're in the Miami camp, and it was frustrating for the fans. He was frustrating for the players. Um, obviously frustrating for the coaches, and uh, they just have to do a better job than that, you know. And they have to become competitive in these games against real teams. You know, they're, they're just they're just not competitive right now to the degree that they need to be when they play anybody any good. And um, I, I think there's a lot of pressure for that to change here as this season goes forward. Yeah, I don't, I don't know even I don't know who to point the finger at anymore. It's just. <laughs> I think it's a lot of variables in a lot of different areas. I'll uh, I'll be down in Lincoln, Nebraska here in a few weeks, though, so I'm hoping that I'll run into some Kane brethren. I'm sure I'll be there. Will be few and far and in between. So hopefully I'll run. No, that's into a that's a game brethren. I think a lot of people are going to. You know, that's 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 one that everyone has circled on the schedule. So you'll see some Canes over there. Yeah. All right, hey, thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for being part of the show tonight and give us a call again next week. All right, thanks, Gary. Yep. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 225, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? I'm good. What's going on, Gary? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? It's Jason, man, in Baton Rouge. What's up, Jason? How you doing tonight? Oh, uh, man, I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in. Um, I, I, I got a couple of things. I didn't want to bring this out. Um, first thing is, because last week you were saying, you know, a lot of people kind of called in about the defensive line and, you know, about the 3-4-4-3, and you was like, um, well, basically I don't think that none of us are qualified to, you know, give a accurate judgment on it. And I, I just want to clear that up a little bit. I actually played Division One ball, and I didn't play on the offensive – I mean on the defensive line, but I played defense in the secondary, Okay. So I do know a little bit about defense. Now, with that being said, though, Gary, you know, I'm 30 years old now, so I, you know, as as time has progressed, you know, I kind of got a better, even more uh, better understanding of how defense concepts and so forth, how it's actually run. Now, um, you are you are absolutely right, and the other guy that called maybe two calls prior to me about um, they. They were going in the middle of the field. Um, Louisville was threading UM defense in, in the middle of the field because they were picking on Raphael Kirby and so forth. But man, you know, it's you know, it's 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 time to go ahead and start pointing the finger. We got to point it at somebody, Gary. And I understand your position. I told you this before. I know they're great guys and all of this other crap. Regardless of their great guys, Gary, we, we need great coaches. I don't want great guys anymore. I don't want nice coaches. I don't want anybody that can't yell at the team. I don't want anybody that's sitting, you know, you know, clapping your hands because he throws the interception. That's not, I'm not talking about Brad Kaya because I'm, I'm not pointing a finger at him. I'm just saying that, you know, I think that they need to be more aggression across the board with, on both sides, on on the line, you know, offense offense wins games, defense wins championships. We not we can't even talk about a championship. We got to start winning games first. Hey, let me ask no you something. You think you, the defense didn't look look a little better to you last night? They did. They actually looked a little. I mean, that's not a lot though, Garrett. That's that's a little bit. You they looked a lot better to me. There were two. Well, that that series in the first quarter, I thought was terrible. Um, hmm. When they let them go down the field. 
the whole the whole distance and, and score their touchdown. I, I mean, I thought that was a terrible series. That that and then that one in the fourth quarter where they didn't play very well. I thought it was a terrible series. Other than those two, I thought they competed their butts off. I thought guys like Chicolo and Armbrister played the, the best football they've ever played as Hurricanes, and I was very encouraged by by what I saw uh, from the defense. And and I understand, and you know, you you want to be optimistic, and I do too. But honestly, I'm not encouraged because it's not going to change until the coaches change. I'm going to switch it up for you. The coaches have to change, Gary. We got some no-name coaches all over the place. I'm not talking about Brandon Carroll. He's living off his dad's name. You know, I know he's a good guy and all the other stuff, but the reality is, is, you know, we we got a lot of deficiencies across the board. There's a ton of blame to go around with a lot of people and a lot of coaches. RTO, oh, man, you know. Um, And going back to my first point here, and I really want you to talk about this. You know, when you were saying, no, we – no, we don't qualify. But you got you got guys like Eric Winston, you know, that's going off on the coaches. We we can keep going down the line, you know, saying, man, what are they doing with these with with um, with the players with the team? Um, people like you and and Michael Irvin can't. I don't want to say can't. You don't want to say too much because of the position you're in. I know, you know you that's really not. That's really not. That's really not true. So, so you think I mean, you I've, got this I've coach. been of the opinion that. It wasn't fair to to judge too harshly prior to this season. Uh, you know, I, okay, I felt so, like they so, needed the opportunity to, to to recruit the guys they want to recruit. They needed the opportunity to to get their systems in place and and to get the team where they want it. Well, that, now it's year four, and I'm telling you, you know, Al Golden at the end of last year, the way that season ended, he had every reason in the world to make some staff changes, and and a lot of right. coaches have. He he chose not to, and he took a lot of bullets for this staff, and he hung in there with these guys. And now I think they're under pressure to to deliver for him on that because if this season goes south, um, now there's going to be a lot of pressure on Al Golden as well. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I just think that last night was definitely not the way that – they or you or anybody else wanted to see it start off because I think it now is going to start opening up a whole other can of worms for this whole program uh, moving forward and put a lot of pressure on them in these games coming up against the Nebraskas of the world, Dukes, the Florida States, Virginia Techs, North Carolina. Um, People are going to want to see them, A, be competitive against good competition and B, win some of those games. Garrett, I'm going to start asking you the questions that that me and a lot of other callers are going to want want you to ask Al Golden, but I know you can't ask him. Do you believe I, in Al Golden? We can ask Al Golden I mean, anything we want. Oh, he, he may you, not ask. You, you can, you can, but you you know, Al, well, you, you guys have a different type of rapport with him. It's not like Nick Saban. Nick Saban's fear, you know, he he has his the the, the media and everybody. They're afraid to ask him. But, but wait, but let me. Al Golden is a stand up a guy. As as you're going to find in coaching, I mean, he, he in three years, I can't think of okay. anything so, you know that he's ever like you know. There, there's time you know today he was asked about Muhammad and he kind of dodged that a little bit. Yeah, but let, let me ask you. But that's Gary, only because wait a minute, it's only because it's a personal matter, and that, and that's the only reason he dodged that question because it's it's a okay. it's a deal between Muhammad and the university and. Yes, he is very respectful of boundaries. He doesn't cross those lines. And, yes, he will evade right. those questions. But I've never seen so, Al Gold 
evade a tough football question. Okay, so let me ask you, because I'm going to answer this first, and I'm, I'm, I want you to give me just a straight-up answer. I personally don't think – I like Al. Forget, you know, he's a nice guy. I don't think he's the guy. I'm sorry. I know he talks well and he speaks well and he's a good media guy. He's a good PR guy, but that's not going to win ball games. That's what, that's what he's there for, to win ball games. Forget all the media. So I'm going to ask you, is he your coach? Meaning is he the guy that's going to get Miami over the hump? Yes or no? Yo, uh, I think I, th- I, th- I think the jury is, is starting to be out. I don't have I don't have a definitive answer yet. I want to see how this season goes from start to finish. They need to get competitive against good football teams. You can't just you know build you can't build a one loss record on on teams at five hundred or below. You you have but, to get to the point where you can compete against the real football teams on your schedule every year and. That's what I'm personally looking to see this year before I make any judgments on anybody. Yeah, and but that, last, but that, but that last meter. night they were competitive for a while, um, but I don't think there, there was ever any point in time where you felt like Louisville was losing control of that football game, um, even in the yeah, third quarter. When that, it was man, they honestly, they should have blown Miami out. They had a few drops, and they, they killed them all, their own self. They should have blew Miami out. I mean, when you really look at it, let's just be at honest. the end of the day, they a, did Miami out. Yeah, but I'm talking about 50, probably two, at least two more touchdowns. Oh, come on! The defense so, played way too well to give up 50 points. I mean, the yeah, defense. Dropped, they, the de- I know the defense gave up 24. Probably could have given up another touchdown had they not dropped some of those balls. No question yeah, about it. But but you're yeah, talking. I'm a, I'm a fan. There's a big difference now between 30 and 50. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, but I'm also a realist. I'm just telling you know. I'm just spitting out what I feel, and I, I'm glad that you had this message board and, and you're doing what you're doing right here because, you know, this is another outlet. Outside of typing things, this is another outlet for people to verbalize what they, what they see. And, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. That meter that you're talking about, there's improvement. You, we went from a 5, I'm just on a scale of 1 to 10, we went from a 5 to a 5.1. I mean, that's not a lot. That's not a lot. I mean, you, like you just said, it was a blowout. It was a blowout. I mean, what what improvement? We we can't get satisfied and get happy with they didn't beat us sixty to nothing. I mean, it's, it was horrible. You I, I, felt like I, I saw some improvement on the defensive side. I I, I liked uh-huh. if from an evaluation standpoint. I liked some of the things that I was seeing on the defensive side of the ball last night way more than I than I felt last year. Um, okay. They were on the field right. way too much. They were they were on the field way too much. Um, you go mm, one for thirteen on third down. I mean that's totally unacceptable, <laughs> and that kept the defense on the field way too much, and they wore down in the fourth quarter. But you know, I, I thought for the most part that they competed, they played hard, and I felt like they were much more active than they've been in the past. I thought the safety play was right. better. And right. I think they have something to build off of defensively. All right, let me let right. some other people get on. Thank Go you so ahead, much. Go ahead, man. So give us a shout next week. I appreciate it. Like, hey, keep me on hold, Gary. So I can okay, listen we'll to everybody do. else rant. All right, we'll do. 646-595-2048 is the number. The Canes Nation talking their favorite subject on a Tuesday night. And let's go now to the 561, where you are now live Gary. on Canes Live. Yes, sir. What's How you up, doing? Gary? That's you. How you doing? Nah, man, it's uh, Scooter from Lake Worth, man. How's everything? Doing good, doing good. Happy to be back from Louisville, I'll tell you that. 
Man, that was yeah. a rough. That was a that was a rough road trip, man. I'm, I'm sitting there one o'clock one o'clock in the morning last night in downtown Louisville, and I was starving because I hadn't eaten at the stadium. And I go into this, this I, I find this basement pizza place, and I go mm-hmm. walking down. I go down in the, in the basement, and the mm-hmm. place seats about 50 people. It's, it's literally in the basement of some building in downtown uh, Louisville. There are the place is packed with Canes fans, okay, and everyone. <laughs> They're sitting in booths, slumped over, and looking like right. so, so depressed and exhausted. And I've got to be honest with you, it was hard for me to see that. I really, I felt so bad for those people because you know they're just spending all this money to go to games. And I, I met some guy. He's telling me his wife's ready to divorce him. He spent he spent seventy thousand dollars in the last ten years going to Miami Hurricane game. Um, oh, okay. Both at home and his way. He's telling me how his wife's getting ready to leave him, and you know all these other fans. They're all slumped in these booths, you know, waiting for yeah. pizza. All the all the press. So then I get some food and I, I I leave there and I go walk back over to Hyatt where I'm staying and I walk in the lobby and now there's another group of fans, you know, just slumped over at the bar, sitting there getting pounded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what. And, yeah, I, I had some people over my house, and like during the game, when the game was over, it felt like somebody died or something. You know? Yeah, well, this yeah. was a hard one. <laughs> but, you know, it continued yeah. all day long today. Every airport I went into, and man, it it, it it people are really taking this one hard. Yeah, it sucks, and it's not even really fun to watch the games. Like when they're getting beat like this, you know, it kind of sucks. But you know, whatever. I, I'm like. Uh, my thing is, dude, it's not fair to judge um, Al Golden at this. I mean, if you think about, like, uh, the cloud that's been hanging over this program with the, um, you know, the probation, I mean, this is really kind of, in my opinion, this is like year one, like, that Golden finally gets to, like, you know, coach because of the, the probation and everything. Okay, that's. I mean, but that's I mean, fair. you know what I mean. You shouldn't. It's not fair to judge him at this point. He's had the the probation limit over him, and you. The other thing these guys got to understand is this is a young team. You know, it's going to take some time. Like guys like uh, Brad Kaya, it's going to take some time for like Chad Thompson to grow. I, I just don't, I just don't feel like it's fair to judge Golden and Benafrio at this at this stage. Now, three years down the line, yeah, then you can start taking ownership because you know. The 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 NCAA uh, the investigation is such a, a, a like a program killer, you know. Well, um, I mean, here's what yeah. I'll say. I yeah. think that your take on it would be Blake James's take on it. You know, I, I don't think that anyone at the University of Miami is looking to judge Al Golden harshly this season. Um, he's fair. got total. He's got total support. He's got total job security. I mean, he still has, I think, five years left on his contract. I don't think anybody there, from Shalala to Blake James to the Board of Trustees, are looking to, to judge him right now. I, I think the fans are different. You know, I think the fans are, you know, come at it from a little bit of a different perspective. And I think for fans to start evaluating, I, I don't think is unfair. I mean, I think that, you know, people are ready to see this program turn the corner again. Yeah, I, I, what I saw last night was the receivers, like, were not getting – basically, we need better receivers. We weren't making any passes. We need to recruit better – like, 
our receiving core needs to do a lot better job than what they did last night. You know, they weren't completing any passes. Um, like the best catch of the day was from Braxton Barrios. I think guys got to step up like Dorsett and like Bar- um Dorsett was hardly know, on the field last night. Dorsett was, Dorsett was on the sidelines for half the game. Why was that? I, I, I didn't understand that. Herb Waters was invisible in that ball game until the fourth quarter. And then he ended up as he, I think he caught six balls in the fourth quarter and ended up the leading receiver on the team. <laughs> I, wow, I, I, yeah, you know, there, there was a lot of goofy stuff that went on out there last night. And I know Braxton Barrios had that really nice little catch, but I mean, he was on the field more than any other receiver on the team other than probably Stacy Coley. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what I would do. Okay, if I was if I was that coach, I would just get behind Duke Johnson. And I would just establish, because our quarterback play isn't going to be that good. I would just run Duke Johnson. I think they should have ran Duke Johnson, like, as the pre, like all throughout that game last night and just relied on him. You know? Were you watching the same game we were watching? They were, they yeah. were trying to run Johnson. Louisville was, wasn't going to let, let them. Louisville was key well, on, 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 on Duke Johnson. You got to keep trying it, though, man. It's a mentality. You know what I mean? I just would have ran him and ran him. Duke Johnson isn't a pounded running back, give him the ball 30 times. That's not Duke Johnson's game. No, I'm just saying you got to get him going. You know, you got to, like, keep him, you know, keep him on the field, keep handing him the ball and stuff like that. I mean, I think they did give it to him, what, 19 times, I think it was? Off the I, I don't know. I, I, didn't see him, I didn't see him really get going. I saw him get going a little bit, like, on the third quarter, and then – you know, they would do some silly little, uh, what, what, what do you call that pass? He got like, 20 carries last. Carried the ball 20 times for 90 yards. But he's he had not 90 a, yards? He had 90 yards, yeah. But he's not a yeah. pounder. He's just not that style of running back that you're going to give the ball to, you know, 30 times. Louisville gave their running back the ball 33 times. He had 143 yards. That guy was a tank, dude. I wish Gus John, uh, what was his name, Gus Edwards would run like him. You think about they're kind of like similar backs, but like one Gus like one guy. He was like Gus he looked like Superman. Be, he could be a very good contributor this year. He didn't get much of a chance last night. Uh, he well, did a nice job. The ball. They threw him the yeah, ball. They threw him the ball. He was like tackled in, in the backfield. He didn't really do much, you know. He never had a chance to go anywhere. But he he did make a nice play in the passing game, which I thought was encouraging. Uh, gained 19 yards on a pass play coming out of the backfield, and and I you know after watching him struggle so much as a pass receiver in training camp, I thought that was a big step forward for Gus. So, um, yeah. he's, he's got a lot of promise. Anyway, let me um, – anything else you, you have for tonight? Uh, yeah, well, just one, one last question. I'll, I'll let you get to everybody else. But, uh, okay, you watched the tape first quarter and everything. What was going on? Like, did you see anything, anybody in particular on the offensive line that really had a bad game? Or I thought, was it – Isidore, Isidore and Isidore and yeah, they looked like they were really struggling to me. But, you know, both of them playing extensively for the first time. So not not yeah. a great surprise there. And, you know, like I said, the only surprise to me was that Arkeo was upstairs instead of downstairs. And I thought maybe those yeah. two young guys could have benefited from having their coach on the field. But that's just, you know, me giving my my opinion on the situation. I don't have any re- – I have no knowledge as to why um, they had Arkeo upstairs last night. Yeah. All right, let me well, let hey, man, I love the site, man. Keep up the good work, um, and thanks a lot for what you're doing. All right, man. Give us a call again next okay. week. 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to 
the 484, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, this is Philly, man. What's up, Philly? What's, what's you you yeah, we can hear you. Hey, Go man. Ahead. Man, I don't even know what it's, it's like. It's, it's, man, it's, it's rough. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on three things. Okay, I'm going to touch on three things, and this is a, com- a culmination of four years. You know, three years, and now we're getting to this year and last night's game. I'm going I'm to touch on coaching, recruiting, and philosophy. So I'm going to first start with coaching. With coaching, you, you basically get what you pay for. You know, we got Golden. Yeah, we all got impressed with the way he came in and the way he, way he talked about and, and, you know, how he presented himself. But now with – you know, forget the cloud. You know, people are gonna talk about the cloud and all this, whatever. Now we see the we're seeing the same things in Miami that we saw at Temple. We're seeing you know losses to quality opponents getting blown out. You know, losing record against quality opponents. The same thing we saw when he was at Temple, playing against Mac or you know Mac teams or Atlantic teams, Atlantic ten teams, whatever. You know, and it's like we still have no identity. We have no identity on offense and on defense. You know, second thing, recruiting. You know, I want to talk about the misses and the bad evaluations. You know, the, 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 for the past three years or four years, you're looking at all the guys that could have helped us that we just, you know, guess I got recruited on. I'm not going to talk about free agents and players getting bought, but we just got recruited. Players like Keith Bryant, Players like um, Jannar Boswick, you know, players like Alice Collins, you know, Amari Cooper, all these guys, um, even the dude Charles Gaines for Louisville that we probably didn't recruit and we could use him at receiver or corner, you know, whatever. Even even Ski Moore, Sky Moore for um, Southern, South Carolina. We took the um, – what was the guy we took um, two years ago is no longer on the program anymore, the linebacker. I can't remember his name. Well, anyway, it doesn't even matter. But it's like you know, you look at you look at coaching. You look at oh, Eddie Johnson. Not Eddie Johnson. It was another guy. I can't remember his name. But I mean, let's let's look, let's look at coaching, recruiting, and that philosophy. You know, that's the main thing to me is, is the philosophy that that we have. You know, I think Golden is trying to bring a Northeast philosophy to South Beach. And I think that's that's just totally wrong. You have you're, you're making your players bigger, and you're trying to be you know you're trying to go with girth and physical, and that's not Miami. Miami, we're we're, we're swag, we're fast, we have we have athletes. You know, you're looking at last night. You're seeing you have athletes, and I said this on the message board like like two three times. You have athletes like Dorsett and Her Waters, and you're not even trying to get them involved into the game. But yet you still keep on trying to feed Stacey Coley. Who still doesn't have this? Who has the same bad hands he had last year as a freshman? He's still not Coley has still, three catches for nine yards last night. Because he's still body catching. He's still body three. catching. That pass. Yeah. That pass. All that, they were doing Kaya was throwing him bubble screens. But that's the thing. That that pass that Kaya threw. You know that that okay. Yes, it was a bad pass. But Coley should have came to the ball and caught it with his hands. But he stood there and tried to body catch it. Just like, just like you always do. No, I'm not overreacting, I, Zach. I, I, I watch that kid at practice. That he, he'll sit there after practice and catch balls with his hands on the jugs machine for 
20, 30 minutes after every practice. Um, he's constantly working on his hands. Um, I agree. There's something about the games. He gets in the games. He gets a little jittery or whatever, and, and he, he's been struggling to catch the ball. But that guy is an elite receiver. He is. He's, he's an elite receiver. We have other playmakers. We have her, I, mean, I saw her Waters on the sideline getting frustrated. He had his hands behind his back, walking away like, what the hell? Why am I not in the game making plays? Did he? Did you That's see him on the field? He, 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 was, he was on the sideline frustrated. He was like, what the hell? Why am I not getting the, getting the, the bubble screens and zero screens? You know, why isn't Dorsett? Why is Dorsett on the sideline with the four one six speed not getting the bubble screens or going on reverses? You know, why do you have Braxton Berrios in the game? Yeah, and instead of, like, like, look at Florida State. Florida State had two five-star receivers who barely got in the game because Florida State went, went, well, they went with three receivers. They went with Green. They went with um, Joe, uh, Christian, Christian Green, and they went with um, um, the, 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 the fast guy from last year. I can't remember his name. But they went with those two. Why, not, why didn't we go with Dorsett? With with her with with, with her waters, with Coley and with, with Malcolm, you know, let's use your athletes. I don't understand anything. I don't understand. I don't understand anything I saw on offense last night. I don't. I don't understand any of it. But I think, but it's, it's and, a and I have a, it's, it's I a love, I, I'm a big James Coley fan. I, I I think he's phenomenal for the program and brings a lot to the table. But I think he's developing as a coordinator. I do not think he's an established coordinator by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think he really could benefit. And and some people, I I posted something along these lines on the message boards today, and people started running the Twitter and posting all kinds of nonsense, you know, kind of misrepresenting me a little bit. But, you know, the point I was trying to make is I think James Coley can still benefit from having a veteran offensive mind kind of tutoring him, so to speak, and working with him. And, you know, Al Golden's pretty much a defensive coach. He was a defensive coordinator before he became a head coach. And I would like to see them find somebody, whether it's um, a Gary Stevens, who I believe lives out in Weston, or even a Howard Schnellenberger, who's obviously living locally, um, be able to sit down with James Coley and and help help him develop – even further as an offensive coordinator, because I I thought he really struggled last night. But I thought I thought I, the offense. I think you know I, I was going to make two points, and I'm going to let you get to other calls. I think, like I said, with the offensive philosophy, I think we're going the wrong direction. You know, Duke Johnson should not have gained the way he's gained. Duke Johnson is yes, like a Jamal should. Charles, a Stacey yes, Coley, should have. a Chris Duke Johnson. Johnson had he's a gain weight. Duke, Duke, Duke Johnson should, should. But listen to me, listen to guy, listen to me. Duke Johnson should be between the 190 to 195 pound range. He's not. You don't pound him. You're not, you're not you're trying to put him into the 205, 206, and try to pound him like the last ball was Another 5, 10 pounds of muscle if his body was going to be able to absorb the punishment that it's going to take this year with because him being of, Because the of the philosophy of the, of, of the officer trying to run. Kid. Wait a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. you got to remember, this is also a kid that, that's probably looking to go into the NFL draft after this year. He, he's looking to build his body into an NFL body. There's a lot of but money. Said, but, but the thing about there. it is you don't have to, you have to be a pounder. You have like you have guys like Michael James, guys like a Dre Archer, guys that that, that you know got like 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 Darren Sproles, guys like that. You know, he's not like a, he's not like, like, like he's not like a he's not like a Ray Rice. He's not like a a, um, a a Martin for the Buccaneers. You know, you're not trying to pound him. Duke did not get slower. On this one you're not right. 
He didn't get slower by gaining the weight. He got he's faster than than he ever. I'm not, but I'm talking about this, to me. It all, to me, it, it all depends on philosophy. I'm, I'm more. I, I mean, I'm talking about philosophy. Um, I'm, I'm not, the, 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 the last thing. Right, the last point I'm gonna make, you, is, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on. Let me just tell you, if you're making a list of your problems tonight, Duke Johnson's body is like you know number eight hundred. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that. We're going to we're going to disagree on that because me philosophy is to me is, is, is different. You know, I'm looking at it, we should be running like like a spread type philosophy and using. I'm an Eagles fan. I'm from Philly. I'm also a Hurricanes fan. I look at I look at the way Chip Kelly runs and how we and how Jamal Charles and how he runs space and how we space it out in his own block. And I think that's the kind of offense we should be running in Miami and using Duke on type of run and not trying to pound him off tackle or off guard, you know, and 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 twenty twenty five carries a game. But that's how I many people want to differ. My last point I'm gonna make is on defense. I, I just don't to me it's the philosophy and the identity is still not there, you know. And I and I, I still and I say it today. I sit on the board long all this time. I still think we should be running a type of defense like a Michigan State, LSU, or Vitek. I understand the non-field, what he wants to do or trying to do. But to me, it's like, why make Chick gain the way he's gained? You know, why, well, Chick would have been a great edge rusher. could have been a great edge rusher. Now he's like 280 pounds. He doesn't have pounds. speed. Yes, you know, he yes, never yes, had yes. it. Yes. Look, look, what he, look at the Army game. Did you see the Army game where he played with, with, uh, with, with Clowney? Yeah, he, but he's playing against he, high school he, he, kids. He was, the minute he, the minute he got the cut. Yeah, but he was playing against high school kids. The minute he got to college, all those moves and stuff, none of them work. He has a bit of – even as a true freshman, they, they put have, him out there. He couldn't rush the passer. And that's the problem. We should never have him out there as a true freshman. That's the problem with philosophy. He we had should never have him out there as a, as a true freshman. He should have right, been It's last year right now. That's, a, like, that's, a, that's, my, that's my point. If you if you look at if you look at teams, you know Golden is not going to try to make these bulls big, and you know to pick the pounding. If you look at teams like Michigan State, like LSU, like the Virginia Tech, their average defensive end is like two forty, two fifty five. Marcus Marcus rush for Michigan State two fifty. Shalee Calhoun is two forty five, two fifty. LSU's defensive ends are two forty one, two sixty two. Virginia Tech is four two forty five, two fifty two. Their defensive What's, tackle is what two, are Tyreek McCord and, and Trent they, Harris? They still they still can 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 chip the edge because they use their hands and technique, which is not which is not learning from Franklin because they're what trying are, to get what are Tyreek McCord and Trent Harris? Time out. What are, what are Tyreek McCord and Trent Harris? They're right in that range. Yeah, they're two forty two forty five. But the thing about it, right we're, trying run, like, we're trying to run some hybrid three four four three. Or whatever we're trying. I mean, we have no identities. I don't know what we're trying to run. You know, they're trying to be multiple. And you you sit there watching the game last night, and we're rushing three, dropping eight, and we're still getting hit over the middle of the field. Yeah, I, I couldn't you understand got, that. You got eight I, people in the dropping. You're still getting hit over the field. I, I couldn't understand you why you. That corner, why you why does the team corner. that are that can't rush the pass rusher with four and five can't rush the quarterback with four and five guys? Try to rush him with three. I that one and I didn't. Understand. That's my point. It's philosophy. It's philosophy. When you have, I mean, I was, I was, I was geeked to see Perry McCord starting. I was geeked to see him out there because I think he's an effective edge rusher. He's type, he's type of rusher that that you would see at like a Michigan State, a LSU, or a Georgia Tech. And I was well, mad hey, that he let wouldn't me stop use you for a while, you're, while you're bringing up McCord, he's obviously been a hot button on the message boards. And I'm going to ask the question: Did you see him make an impact on that football game last night? I don't think so. 
And you know what? And, 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 and that's true. But I also saw them doing a lot of twists where they had him twisting inside instead of doing what he did last year against Florida, against Florida and other teams where he was hitting the edge, dipping his shoulder, going around, going around the edge. I saw him and and with with, with um, Trent Harris and other people either dropping back in coverage, trying to cover slot receivers, which was stupid as hell, or they're they're twisting up front, and you got. Um, Kamalu and also Premier going on the outside while you've got your two small guys going into the inside getting on the guards. Or we're just rushing three. That's what I saw last night, which made no sense. Once again, philosophy. Like I said, you know what, Gary, point blank, I, I'm going to put it out there. I don't think Golden, may, Golden's a great guy. He may be the right guy for another team, but he's not the right guy for Miami. You know, we, we have athletes. We have speed. You know, it's about penetration. It's about, it's about make your athletes play. You know, you got a guy like Dwayne Starks who's frustrated. You got a guy like Clinton Portis who's frustrated. You know, even even Everybody's night, frustrated. The, 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 the Florida quarterback was really like, yo, Miami has athletes. They've all recruited in the Coastal Division the last four out of five years. Why are they playing off? Why are they not going after the quarterback? Why are they not getting in receiver spaces? You know, it's like every single time we try, we, we scheme, and we know the problem, you know, but we still, you know, we, we know, knew what Alex was going through. We, we knew what he was going to do. We knew what I thought they were a little do. better last night. Just my opinion. I, I, I thought that they played more aggressively and more actively than they have in a long time. All right, hey, let me let you go. Give us a call again yeah. next week, okay? All right, Great man. call. Yep, thanks for calling in. All right, 646-595-2048. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go now to the six seven eight. You're now live on Greensport Live. Hello. Yep, that's you. Hey Gary, how hey, you turn, doing? Hey, uh, turn turn your sound down in the background there. You're giving us an echo. Is that better? Much better. How you doing uh, tonight? Who's this? This is Alan. Hey, what's up, Alan? Yeah, nothing much. What hey, you got? Uh, man, you know. I, I can't, you know, so I'm not even calling to talk about quarterback play. What I saw from Kai is what I expect to see from a guy who's starting his first uh, college game at quarterback. But, you know, it seems like every single year it's the same, it's the same type of play. And and you, you you said that the play calling was based on the fact they started a true freshman, and I don't think that's that's the case, Gary. I mean, oh please don't say that. No, please don't say that. I'm praying that that was the case because that was Gary, so bad last Gary, night. Gary, this is to me though. I could point out oh games God. when I could point out games when Stephen Moore was Stephon Morrison was the quarterback, and it was the same play calling. Same predictable. It's nothing. It's it's like they know what we're gonna do. They know what we're gonna run, and they know what we're gonna pass. And it's no different from Kaya and when Stephon when Morris was the quarterback. It's no different. It, everything is predictable. We're supposed to have all these playmakers at receiver. The fastest person on the on the field last last night was supposedly be in a Miami uniform, and we couldn't get him the ball. So what Didn't I'm even saying try. is. Who who is that on though? Who does that fall on? It's it's it's, it's on James Foley. Like, we're supposed to be eight, nine, ten deep or whatever at the receiver position, and we didn't we didn't get the ball to no, nobody else other than Cooley. So my whole my whole, my whole thing is this: 
it's been like this for a while now. We, our coaches are not figuring out how to make, find out the matchups, the, the, the matchups that our, our guys are good at winning. And, and this has not, and, and every year, Gary, you say the same thing. This coach is learning. This coach is learning. Whether it's Cooley, whether it's Golden, whether it's Venarfio, whoever, they, they're always learning. So my point yeah, just, is this. What just try to be honest. Getting, what was the point of getting, ready, getting rid of Randy Shannon if we got coaches that are learning? Was, what was the point? We're getting the same results. Who, who cares? Forget about the whole uh, uh, NCAA investigation. If we're getting the same results. Players are still not coming out developed or better, and that has been pointed out throughout the whole day. I'm still seeing players who have been in the system three or four years now making the same mistakes, making the same mistakes. Game one or game two or game three, it's the same, same, same thing. Nothing's changing. So my whole thing is this. Hopefully it will change this year or else it's going to be a long year for everybody. My, my thing is this. You're, 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 people, you're on national TV. You're trying to build your program. You're, it's a chance to put on confidence. a show. You're, you're losing confidence. Your fan base has already lost confidence in you. At some point, the, the players are going to lose confidence in you. And that's one thing I don't see in a lot of these players. I, I look at Louisville, and I look at how Miami came. Louisville looked like they were confident in the game plan they had. Louisville looked like the, their players looked like they were had they were confident in what Todd Gantham had going for them. Who Georgia fans ran out of Athens, but they looked like they was very very confident in whatever game plan he had for them that night. Our players looked like they not they not sure. They like it's like you know what I'm saying. They, they, they the confidence is not there. It all starts from the head, Gary. It all starts from the head up. You build leaders. You build leaders up. These players are not being built, and they don't. I don't think they totally believe in going. And you, you know what? It's going to hurt at. It's going to hurt at recruiting because if your own players that you got now in uniform don't believe in you, these recruiters, are, these recruiters are uh, going to believe in you. There is no question. There is going to be an assault this week on every kid that's committed to Miami in 2015, every kid committed to Miami in 2016, that's, 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 that's and everybody that's, that's being recruited and by Miami. And we're going to be back at square one, Gary. We're going to be right back at square one. Well, I don't know freshman if it'll be that, that freshman, freshman drastic. Quarterback but... no fresh, freshman quarterback or no freshman quarterback, something's got to change. I wasn't really paying attention to the offensive line as much, even though I know they look horrible. But I don't know if they're still doing that rotation thing where they're taking out this, taking out the left guard, taking out the right guard. This rotation. No, they didn't do like that, that last night to their credit. But I mean, they, they pretty much played those five guys the whole game. And I hope they do that for the rest of the year because there's got to be some continuity between the offensive line. They got, they, they got to get that because if you're going to keep rotating guys and rotating guys, you're going to get the same results. I, I just so it's too many playmakers on this team. You mean to tell me that Miami is not capable of beating Louisville with a freshman quarterback or with a fifth-year senior? Have been, to, to get blown out twice in a row by Louisville to me is, is, is you know not. I just I, I mean just, I don't want to call it embarrassing because Louisville's become a pretty good program, but 
the pack has caught up to the Miami Hurricanes, obviously. You and, know, and, and that's my thing. We shouldn't be questioning if Miami could beat Louisville or questioning if Miami could beat Duke. That's crazy. That's yep. crazy. With, the, with nope. the talent that is down here, with the talent that is down here in South Florida, I don't care if you don't get every player. This the handful of players that you are able to get every year. You should be able to compete with Louisville. Louisville has not done nothing great. And the, I mean, they have done better than what they probably did previous years before Charlie Stroll got there. But they won the Orange Bowl. That's it. Yep. That's it. But I mean, All right, listen, let me let some other people get on. Thank, hey, thank you so much for being part of the show tonight. Give us a call again next week. Yes, sir. All righty. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Um, let's go out now to the 305, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's up, Gary? It's me. It's Johnny O it's from you. Bird Road. It's you, man. How you doing tonight? <laughs> All right. I just saw, uh, man, I hear everybody, man, so down, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I feel a little bit upset about that because, you know, we, we lost two two big, big-time big players in, in the Virginia boys that got kicked out, right? Who are you talking about? You know, the, the boys that, 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 got, that got in trouble. What do you mean Virginia boys? Well, Georgia, wherever where, where they're from. Them you're talking about, Figure- oh, you're talking, about, you're talking about Alex Figueroa. And Juwan yeah. Blue. Okay. Exactly. Juwan, Juwan Those Blue are two playmakers that, that, that could have been balling for us last night, and they weren't there. You know, we got an 18-year-old rookie as a QB, you know, going up against a six foot six, 240-pound QB with experience, you know, uh, on the road. Um, you know, uh, it's just, it's just um, you know, a lot of things didn't go our way. You know, it was fourth quarter. We could have won the game. We had it. We were we were there. It, no, uh, this or that, we the, the score could have been in UM's you, you favor. You didn't have it. You didn't have it. Let me tell you something about Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino gets better as the game goes on. You know, he he's watching how how you're defending everything he's doing, and then he's adjusting to it as the game goes on. That that guy but, as a coach and play caller gets better as the game progresses. So, so what is what does he what does he have to do with that run back for a touchdown? What did he have to do with that? Well, nothing. absolutely nothing. I mean, that was that was well, that was what, what, what was the score? And, and, what, and yes, what, the Miami, score would have been seventeen to thirteen if it wasn't for that. Miami and it was would have been the fourth right quarter. There. They were right there in the first half. But as the and, game and they were went there on, at the, at the end of the fourth, the start of the fourth quarter, it was twenty four thirteen, Gary. Without that touchdown, it would have been seventeen thirteen, Gary. We had it. I'm not arguing with you that they blew a great opportunity to win that game last night. I'm not arguing yeah. with you that with a normal offensive approach that they might have been able to win that game last night. But the way they yeah, were we, playing it, they had, they, there was no way they were winning that game. And I know it was close for a while. I'm not disputing that. But yeah. there was no way in my mind that they were going to win that game playing the way they were playing. Well, it ended up being that you're correct. We didn't win. But all I know is that, you know, we had we we were in striking distance. And, you know, 
and, and, and that, that speaks a lot coming from the humiliation that was last year to be in striking distance in the fourth quarter. Ooh. How many would Louisville's not have said, all right, I'll take it? Just to put this in perspective for you, I, and, and we could check back on this in, in, at the end of November and see if I'm right on this. I, I'm guessing yeah. Louisville is going to be a three or four loss team this year. They're going to be probably – they'll probably be the third best team in the ACC. I agree. I agree. Okay, so you know that's what you're measuring yourself against. And if they're going to be a three or four loss team, and you're going to be a, a three or four loss team, you know now you're looking at an eight nine win team, which I think is borderline acceptable to the fan base. I think you start getting down to seven or six or something like that, that you know no, people no. are going to be you know jumping off of buildings. Um, it, it, it's not. So, a, I understand. It's kind of not acceptable because of the four years. You know, we just we just went through four years of pain, but now we're starting four new years with Kaya. You know, and I was impressed with some of the throws he made. You know, he's an 18 year old kid. You know, 180 pounds. You know, he he did some good things. You know, thank God he wasn't looking at the sidelines for 20 seconds every play like Stephen Morris did last year. Remember that? Yep. Oh I think my God! Trying to get away, that was the worst. To get away from- I think they're trying to get away from that this year. But, um, no, I mean, you know, there, there's obviously a lot to build on with Brad Kaya. Um, I yeah. just, my opinion is he shouldn't have been out there. But, you know. Yeah, well, lots of players. He's a rookie QB. You know, we gotta, we got to be supportive and think positive. You know what I'm saying? Be a fan. Just because we lost, all of a sudden, all the money that you have invested into the game that you love, it, it's a waste. No, yeah. enjoy the trip. Enjoy the good times. You know, through thick and thin, you know, we bleed orange and green. Why, why, why is the half, uh, the cup half empty instead of half full? You know what well, I'm saying? It, it'll, it'll be fuller if they look good the next two weeks and go up to Nebraska with, with the positive feeling. And I think people will get themselves re-excited for that ball game. And we'll see how they do the next time they go, go against. That's going to be another Louisville game. Well, we'll see. You know, now now they got to build. You know, they built to the start of the season. They laid an egg. Now you got to build again over these next couple of weeks and get ready to go to Nebraska. I'm gonna let you go. Yeah. I, I got to speed things up here to try to get as many people. All right, on no problem, Gary. Put me on um, hold, man. Appreciate it. All right, and uh, give us a call again next week. All right. All right. Um, let's go out now to the seven one eight, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. What's up, BK Hurricane? Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing this week? I'm all right, Gary. Oh. Gary, uh, man, I don't even know where to start, man. Last night was just one of those types of nights for me. Kind of ruined everything. But, um, all right, a couple of things. Um, one, I see why Jimbo Fisher didn't let Coley call any plays at Florida State. That's number one. I don't number think that two, had anything to do with it. Well. Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher is an offensive coordinator. Is a micromanager he, you're trying to say? Well, he became a head coach, and he wants to call the plays. So I don't think it had anything to do with, you know, so Jake Foley's not adequate. So I think that why that's, were they willing to pick? Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, all so right. I, don't think, I don't think that's fair. But James Coley is a young coordinator. He, he, he's had one year he's of experience. He's a great recruiter. He's a great recruiter. He brings a ton to the program. But they do need him to progress as a coordinator. I will agree with that. And it's something that, you know, I, I think he's working at. And he, he's... I think he's studying NFL teams and stuff like that, 
and I think you'll see him get progressively better. And his heart was in the right place last night. You know, he felt Kaya was really? his guy. Well, his obviously, I mean, he felt Kaya was his guy. He put together the game plan that he felt he needed to put together to allow Kaya to be successful. It just, it just wasn't going to work up there. And, and you know, Very. we're sitting here on the outside, and we can evaluate it. I don't think it was going to work, and it didn't work. And, and I just don't thing. think they should have gone up there with a true freshman quarterback. Well, listen, one quick thing about the whole Kai thing. I also think he was the guy for one simple reason, because he was probably the best quarterback we had on the team at the time. And that's a, sh- and that's a shame to say, because you have to look at it like this. Olsen didn't stand a chance. Because you know he was he's screwing his his football life away. The biggest yeah, thing I don't, was when, I don't think he's when, here after for next year. Well, I, I, got, I mean the kid keeps messing up, Gary. Yeah, he's he's on the scout team. He didn't even make the trip. He's, yeah, um, he keeps messing up. Williams got hurt, so now you're looking at you're looking at Kaya, and you're looking at pretty much uh, the heaps. But you have to look at it as all things equal in that situation because. You have two quarterbacks learning the system at the same time. And for Brad Kaya to have surpassed Heap with, with his 30 starts under his belt says something about Jake Heaps. I think the coaching staff didn't get it right with Heaps. I think they thought they were getting a good quarterback, somebody that could come in, help the team. But to have a true freshman surpass you with all things being equal, with, with, with 30 starts under your belt, that's saying something. I don't think they just threw Kaya out there to build on Kaya. I think Kaya was the best quarterback. Well. All things are equal, Gary. They both learned the system at the same time. I agree with you. I'm sure that that's the way it was evaluated, but I think you have to look at the other factors, too, in being able to handle – a full offense in a situation like last night, and no, there was no they, way. Bra- you see, I I could never. You see, I didn't understand it when you said it the first time. They both learned the system at the same time, Gary. Their grasp of the of the playbook was this. You know, how could you say that Kaya have known the playbook better than Kaya? Obviously, he didn't. I don't know, but I know one thing: that that was not a full playbook that you saw last night. <laughs> It wasn't a full uh, playbook because, I mean, just watching the game, just to hear the commentators talk about, well, where are they going to throw the ball? Where are they going to throw the ball deep? When are they gonna... Every time they needed a first down, who they throw it to? Clive Walford. They needed a big play, Clive Walford. They needed a touchdown, Clive Walford. And then they forgot about Clive Walford. The same thing they did last year. Are we forgetting yeah. that we have one of the better tight ends? Uh, we probably have the second best tight end in the ACC. We, we have the best receiving court in the ACC. I'm saying it. As of right now, the Hurricanes have the best receiving court in the ACC. We have the second best tight end in the ACC. We probably have the best running back. No, we have the best running back in the ACC. And to see that offensive, I don't know what that was, last night was, it just bothered the hell out of me. And it wasn't because Brad You and, you was and everybody else. It was, it was bad. Yeah, it wasn't because Kaya was a freshman. It was because oh, Coley it was, there was, it was, don't that get had it. a ton to do with it. Come on. Coley doesn't you, get it, Gary. You think that game plan was that vanilla because he, he wasn't a freshman? I think the game plan was that vanilla because, Gary, the stats speak for themselves. The last, listen, 
I think uh, James Coley is one for 24 on third down conversions going back from last year, Gary. It has nothing to do with freshmen. It has everything to do with James Coley's inability to beat, I mean, to call, to call a game. To call, if you're going to make Kaya the starting quarterback, he's the starting quarterback. You can't vanilla it up for him. You can't because well, it, you I can't. Mean, they, they were, Not with the those part, weapons, they, Gary, they, they you were can't. I can understand if we only had one weapon. But not with those weapons. You can't vanilla it up. It was the same thing last year when we had an experienced quarterback. It was quarterback. pretty vanilla. Stephen Morris, the exact same thing, Gary. No difference. I know. No it was difference pretty vanilla. At all. So you can't put it on Kaya. You can't. Because you saw oh, the exact same game. result as last year. The exact same play calling as last year. The exact same head scratching as last year. What is he doing? That's what we were all thinking. What is he doing? What is he doing? Is, you can't put this thing on Kaya. Because no, the heard results did not change from last year. I have heard year. one person try to say it's Brad Kaya's fault. What happened? I have not heard one person try to say that it's Brad Kaya's fault. Because it's not. I, think that, I, I personally think the kid's going to be a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, we will see. Look, I'm hoping. I mean, I'm hoping. Has, all right, you know what? I'm Jeff hoping has, he's a great, he's a good quarterback. You know, I'm, but but just to read that, he's actually good for him. I I think that there's a chance he he could be a whole different guy when they go to Nebraska. He's well, next two Gary, weeks. when they go to Nebraska, all hell's going to break loose because well, we'll I'm see. not counting Florida A and M. We'll see. And for man, anybody no, who thinks we're no, going to no, walk over Arkansas no, State no, with that no, offense, no, it's it, it's delusional. But this is it's it's good for this football team that Florida A and M this week. All right, BK. Hey, give us a call again next week, okay? All right, Gary. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go now to the seven zero six where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Sebastian from Columbus, Georgia. I called in last week and talked about our struggles recruiting the linebacker position. I think we saw that evident. Last night. Yeah, well, I mean they're they're pretty thin there right now. Okay, well there I had a litany of stuff. I'm just as frustrated as many other Canes fans, so I'm gonna try to roll through it very very quick. Uh, the first thing is I saw some positives with Brad Kaya last night. Um, I'm 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 a history buff. I watch a lot of college football, and I really really do believe. And I know a lot of Canes fans are gonna think I'm crazy, but I think he has. Peyton Manning kind of potential. I think, you know, Peyton Manning, when he started he, off his first game, like, you see did, did you see all that, like, all those jittery kind of motions he had at times out there last night? Yeah, it was yeah, reminding I mean, me of <laughs> yeah, But, you know, I mean, most freshmen starting quarterbacks, I mean, their eyes are just wide open. But I still think he was still poised. He was still confident. I knew he was definitely frustrated frustrated and nervous or whatnot, but I think, you know, he just exudes a, a level of po- uh, poise and confidence that I haven't seen us have in our quarterbacks that we've had in the last couple of years. So I just hope Kane's fans are just somehow uh, patient and just optimistic about him because I definitely believe that um, in a couple of games when he gets a chance to play some other teams and just get settled and get comfortable with the offensive line and just comfortable with his team, I think he definitely has strides to uh, uh, be very, very successful. The other point I wanted to make is I'm just tired of just seeing our team play with no passion. I just, I mean, it wasn't just the way that we lost to Louisville, but it's just the fact that the way that they're taunting us and, you know, if we did that, you know, we would be getting flags left and right. I mean, just – you know, in your face. I mean, I mean, that was just straight garbage. I mean, if you, if I mean, if we can't do it, 
you know, because we're going to get flagged. I think it should fly the other way. But I just think it's the landscape of college football right now that to beat University of Miami is just uh, a notch that you want to put on your head. The other point I wanted to make is I think the defense definitely looked a little bit better last night, so I was encouraged by that. I think up front, I think our defensive tackle was an upgrade from last year. It didn't seem like we were getting completely blown off the ball play after play. I think we did end up settling down. But one play that just really, really frustrated me, and I think the ESPN announcement called it, was Tracy Howard lining off 10 yards off the wide receiver. I knew exactly where the ball was going. It was going to that wide receiver that Tracy Howard is 10 years off the, uh, off the line of scrimmage. And I can't seem to understand that. I would be more comfortable, you know, living with us getting burnt deep than to not let our corners that are just that talented not be able to play man up. I just – because what it does is sends a message to the players that you have absolutely no confidence. You know, Tracy Howard, this is his third year in the program. If we can't play bump and run, if we can't play man coverage right now, I mean, him being a starting cornerback, a five-star that came to our program, what, what kind of message is that telling you? The other thing that I, uh, I needed to say is we've got to get some playmakers on defense. You know, I talked about the linebacker recruiting, uh, you know, uh, last week, and I'm going to still keep harping about, on it. You know, Denzel is gone after this year. And what would we have looked at Gary, last night it? if we had – Huh, it's scary, very scary. What would we have looked at last night if we had Matthew Thomas and maybe not Raphael Kirby? Do you think they would be throwing the ball over the middle to the running backs when we have a five-star outside linebacker? I don't that know. Runs I, I haven't five? seen Matthew Thomas do anything yet. You know the thing about it? He hasn't done anything at Florida State. And the thing I think about all the time is, you know, he's run into that problem that players are having in Alabama. All the five stars want to go to all these elite programs when you have a chance to come in and play early. Matthew Thomas, if he's on our team, he's our starting outside linebacker. I can tell you that. If he would have signed last year on the dotted line, he would be our starting outside linebacker uh, this year. And, you know, I just cringe to think what we would have looked like if we would have had him. The other point I wanted to make is I knew something was going on with AQM. You know, I'm sitting up here saying, why in the world do we have Trent Harris, who I think should be red shirt and, and not Quad Muhammad, not playing into the game? And so, has, you know, even though nothing ever came issue. out, I knew something was going on. He's got a personal issue going on on campus um, that he's working through, and, and there's a chance that he, that he may not be with the team this year. So I, I think that they went with McCord and Harris because those are the guys – that they may have to go with the whole year. I'd hate to lose. I'd hate to lose a player like Quad Muhammad. I'm not sure what the issue is or what's going on, but he reminds me of our old time Kings players. And you know, I mean, a four star athlete like that to lose a player like that brings me to another point. I had a list of stuff to write down. Is you know something has to be going on in the evaluation of players right now. You can't have a recruiting class where you're bringing in talent, but you're losing 30% of them for a variety of personal or non-related football issues and something. That's, that, that makes me feel what the culture of the program is like because where's the senior leadership in the program to kind of police these guys, to kind of show them the ropes and to create a culture where you think these guys will kind of be successful? Um, you know, uh, that, so that, that's something I didn't even write down, but I'm definitely really concerned about. You know, uh, I guess they're going to redshirt Trayon Gray because he had been much better than putting in um, Gus Edwards. Um, to me. I, I would not. That's etched in stone. I, I, in fact, 
I think there's a chance that he might play as the year goes on. I think, you know, coming in late, he just wasn't wasn't ready to go week one. But um, the, I wouldn't be shocked if it, if you saw Treon Gray this year. I hope so, because I mean. I mean, I like Gus Edwards, but you need Gus Edwards in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, if you need somebody to spell, somebody that you can adjust to play at the line of scrimmage, what you can call, call an audible that can catch the ball out the backfield to, uh, you know, to give Duke a breather, then you need Yerby and you need Trayon Gray. Um, yeah, well, let me tell you something. If you don't do a better job on third down, you don't need any of them because you're not going to be running enough plays to, to give everybody reps. You know, last night they ran 56 plays. Right. You know, that's about 20 less than what you'd really like to be running. That's a lot of plays. That's like two, three, two, three drives that you're leaving out of the game because you can't convert a third down. Well, I, I definitely had a problem with the play call on last night, and you're right. We were, we were horrible on third down. But the thing that I don't understand is it really seemed like we really kind of hamstrung our quarterback, and we really didn't give him a shot to kind of really take some chances down the field. I mean, I would at least sometime during the first half took one shot down the field just to make that safety go back five, six, seven yards off the line of scrimmage, you know. Um, I would have definitely had some sort of a lot more motioning going on where you do a little bit of dinks and dunks. What I haven't seen in Miami, and I saw this with last year with Stephen Morris, is I think to me a seven-yard completion is just as valuable as a 55-yard bomb. You know, learn to keep your offense on the field. The strength of our team is not the defense. It's the offense. So the longer we can hold well, on to the ball and let our have to play, you know, I think the better off, you know, we're going we're, we're gonna to kind of be. So those are just some things that I just kind of, like I said, I had a list that I was just kind of raffling off. But the one thing I would tell the Canes fans is I really, really believe in Brad Kaya. I think – it was tough for an 18-year-old kid straight out of high school to kind of go out on the road. It would be different if he was playing at home and to play in that type of tough environment. I think if you can get his legs underneath him, get some air underneath our wings over these next two games, I think, and this is going to sound crazy, that we have a shot of winning that Nebraska game. We had a shot to win the game last night. We didn't have a shot to win it last year. But we had a chance to win that game last night. And to me, and this is the last thing I wanted to say, and I'm glad I remember about this, is, I'm still an Al Golden believer, but the one thing that I really, really am starting to become concerned about, annoyed about, is I look at a coach as Les, Les Miles, who is who is 50% when he's not leading going into the fourth quarter. I can't say that about Al Golden. I have yet to see our team put together a plan, except for like that North Carolina game last year when we're trailing and we make the adjustments that we need to where coaching wins the game. Because we have the talent. I do believe we're – I mean, it's not like, you know, we're like Wake Forest. We have the talent on our team where I think we can feel the team that could be competitive and can win. I just don't know if we have the coaches there in place to kind of get us over the hump. Because you see that stuff in the fourth quarter. You see that stuff in the second half. If your game plan that you walk into the door with is not working, adjust it. But if you're not able to adjust it, then you're not going to be successful. And that's the thing that I can't seem to get with this particular coaching staff. I do think the defense was a little bit improved last night. I know a lot of people were beating up the defense, but last year I cringed every single time we played anybody. I mean, it, it didn't matter who it was. It could be Wake Forest, but I cringed. But last night to give us 336 yards to a Bobby Petrino team and to that's give up a special team – 
touchdown, that's, that's not bad. I'm not saying we're at Florida State, we're at Alabama top ten defense or whatnot, but it tells me that the focus were there and we're putting the play pieces in places to kind of get there. But I'll be Much food, better. I'll right, be let, me, uh, let me stop you and let some other people get on. Um, great call, uh, and give us a call again next week. We'll talk more. All right, thanks a lot. All right. All right, 646-595-2048. The Canes Nation getting some free therapy by talking to each other on a Tuesday night. And let's go now to the 305, where you're now live on Canes Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? How are you doing, Jay? Doing good. Who's this? This is Five Ring. What's up, man? What you got for us? Do you remember that game in 2008 at Florida? Didn't that game plan remind you of that? I mean the the, the game that um, the, the, the Pat Diggs game with Robert Marv and Jacory. Yes, where it was yes. nine three and, right. and the defense is playing wonderful and we we're not doing anything on offense to help them. Remember, remember that game? God, you, you know what? You're right. It's so similar. Yes, it is. It's exactly same game. And Gary, the defense did play good, but Jesus Christ, how many times? You said we have five good corners. Why are we sticking their receivers with McCord and Kirby? You know, I saw that sticking Eli, Why is Kirby sticking Eli, Eli Rogers and Michael Harris? I, I couldn't understand that. I mean, yeah, you're, you're watching McCord try to cover Eli Rogers on a wheel route. And, and, Gary, I could go back to the Wisconsin game when we played them in that bowl game. The tight end, Gary. We haven't stuck a tight end in 10 years. Well, look, you know, here's what I'm going to say. People that are criticizing the coaches, I mean, all that kind of stuff does is, is give them ammunition because there is no way, shape, or form that you can justify putting Tyreek McCord on Eli Rogers and then and then have to sit there and watch it go for, I think it was 20 years. But, Gary, how, how easy it would have been to go with a four-man front when they went into that set Bring in Crawford or Artie Burns, go press and blitz that guy. He was a threat. He was a, a first time starter too. Beat me deep. Yeah. Why, I mean, don't, a lot of, why don't you go to a, a of, why don't you go to a four man line, press him with our DB? Listen, and I and I've watched this since last year in the bowl game. Tracy Howard does not believe in Mark D'Onofrio. He doesn't like him. He do, they do not believe in that defense. You I don't can think see it's it in the way they play. Don't represent Tracy like that. That's not fair. Oh, unless on. you're yeah. unless you're his uncle or or, or or something along those lines, you know, and you speak to him directly and you hear him tell you that, that's not fair for you yeah. to say that. G- Gary, okay, you, you're with the team. What do you think? I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say some player doesn't like one of the coaches. Gary, that's, you know, the, I don't the think that's fair. You, you, you don't know that. Our corners don't believe in that in that defense, Gary. It doesn't, and and it even this guy's been here for four years, Al Golden, and is driving me crazy with all the politics. He should be running for president. The politician excuses that he makes. Now he's going to get a pass because he said, "Well, I started a freshman quarterback." He wasn't looking he for a pass. Come he's on, not an you don't... he's not an excuse guy. Criticize him. Listen, you have it's okay. open season on Al Golden right now. You have a million things you can criticize. 
But don't call him an excuse guy. He's not an excuse guy. Oh, oh. He, he points the finger at himself. He makes himself responsible for everything. It might be because he has a nine-year contract. You know, you, you want to make that argument, okay? But he is not an excuse guy. I understand. He never, understand. he never said, "Give me a pass last night because I was playing a freshman quarterback." He was a big boy. He made that decision to put a freshman quarterback out there. That was his call. He wasn't looking yeah, for anybody how, to give him a pass. How, how can Alabama come from Mike Shula, the savior, and turn their program around? How can you there's, there's, there's two how, or how three. There's a handful of those Tennessee, guys in the country. They we, they all make five million a year for a reason. I understand that, but we for ten years there, ever since that incomplete pass in Tempe, it's been. How can Larry Coker go to San Antonio and he's turned that thing around? Yeah, he's doing a nice job there. What's wrong? Hey, with, uh, with all let me co- tell you something. I'll, I'll sit here and make the argument to you all day long that the University of Miami football program. Had they not fired Larry Coker after that nine-win season, would have been way better off sitting here today than they are now after firing him. And I'll tell you something else. You want, you want to even have the respect of his There's a lot of people sitting there arguing to me, and I don't have a you know, who think that Miami would be way better off had they not fired Randy Shannon because all those guys that you're watching last night running around on defense for Louisville. Uh, Burgess and Keith Brown and and those guys, they they he all went to Miami. Charles Gaines. He didn't want. He didn't want. He didn't want Corbin Lamb or Charles Gaines. He didn't want them. He wanted Zach Kane. He wanted all that trash. <laughs> well, Come on, Gary. Well, I'm just saying. Zach Kane. He wanted Zach. He wanted Zach. So I'm I'm not saying that Randy didn't earn his firing. I'm just saying that. You know, coaching changes are not always the uh, the, the the end all. He he put his all his marbles on those Northwestern kids, and everybody was coming in backdooring us and getting. They, they the Louisville team had those two kids from Southridge. They had Corbin Lamb. He didn't want none of those kids. And I mean, it's just it, it's it's you, and then and then this guy out. Al Golden, he's just making so many excuses for this, this defensive coordinator. Gary, the guy had 143 yards on 33 carries. The same thing that happens every year. They ran the ball down our throat when it counted. We couldn't stop them. No. With 10 minutes left in the game, they went five yards, seven yards, five yards, all the way down. They killed the whole clock. We're still That's in the fun. game. That's Bobby Petrino football. He he gets better as the game okay, goes on. Gary, you tell me this. We're on the 28-yard line, fourth and two, and instead of us keeping us in the game and kick the field goal and make it an eight-point game, he goes for it with that offense. Really? Come on, man. It's just little things that he's done. It's just little things that he's doing. He won't – that defense, I don't care how good you think it looked last night, I cannot stand – for Tyreek McCord, Kirby, yeah, to be sticking well, wide receivers. I, I said I thought it looked better. I thought it looked better, and the thing that, that that kept me from saying that it looked good was exactly what you're talking about right now. So you're making you know what great. the improvement was, Gary? And I'm going to tell you the the only improvement that I seen on that defense. Hurdleoo kept the lineman off Denzel. That's the yes, only thing did. I yes, seen. Yes, he did. And Chickalow played. Chickalow played as well as Chickalow. he played. 
Chicolo played his best game as a Hurricane. And, and, our, and so did Arm Brister. Yes, but Arm Brister and, and, and this guy was – Petrino finally said, let me get these guys in the flat. They're sticking our receivers. Well, that's what he does. He finally figures out what you're doing, and the but more Gary, he figures don't out you have, – don't, don't you have the, the amount of time that the offense does to replace players on a substitution each play? Why has there, uh, there been a defensive coach saying – they're going to they're going to four wide. I need my corners. Put them in. Why that? Why why are you not matching up? It's a great point. Exactly. Great great, great point. I, All right, hey, listen. I let me let, let me let some other people get on. Um, we got a we got a, a board that's like exploding here. So I, I want to try to get as many people on as possible. So um, give Thank us a call again next week. All right. Bye bye. All right. All right. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Not sure why I'm giving the number out. I guess it's just habit. Let's go to the two one zero. Where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, Alex, Alex here from San Antonio. Listen, uh, hey. I appreciate you, I appreciate your show. You got it. I love this show. I called you three weeks ago about the spread offense, spreading the offense to run Duke. You might remember, but I wanted to bring something up before I, I go to that. In the game, in the in the lateral to Cody that was recovered by Louisville, it appeared to me watching on television that it. There was a Louisville player running off the field when the ball was snapped. He was either offside yep. or, the, or there was yes. 12 men on the field. Too, and too you, many guys. you were there yep. at the game. You, yes. you were there, Gary. Did you see it that, should too? Have been called. It should have been called. Uh, let, let, let me, let me follow five, up with this. Five-yard penalty, Miami. Yeah, but let me, let me tell you something about that. This is why, another reason why Golden is not a good coach, Gary. Somebody should and I'll tell you why. If, I, if I, I immediately told my son here, he's got, uh, he's got to challenge that. That guy was offside, or he, there was 12 guys on the field. Co- Co- uh, Golden's got to challenge that. He should have thrown the red flag. He should have told Somebody the referee, look. The press th- box has to see that. You're absolutely right. No, no but whether- I mean, it, was up to, it, it isn't about the press box, Gary. It's about Golden. He should have challenged that play No, because the, the field ground. level, you're not always going to see those things. On, on different things. You're not going to always see that at field level. It, it, the guys up in the press box are supposed to be he should have challenged it, and they should have gotten the five-yard I mean, penalty, and continued to be Miami ball. You're absolutely but right. I mean, yes, that was a yes but point Gary, sorry, game. sorry. Let me let me let me interject. But I mean, he was on the field. He saw the guy running off. He, he can't. He, Golden he must have seen it. No, he must you have seen it. Well, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But you can't see it the way that you're but seeing me, it on TV from field level. To me, that's on the coaching. You but know, that's what they're up in the press box yeah. for to see that. They should have seen okay. it. Okay. And you the know, I think there was some. Yeah. Go ahead. There's some parallels between this game and the and the Florida game of last year, in the sense that Coley, even with Stephen Morris, a senior quarterback, he had Dorsett. Coley, he had weapons. He had Duke healthy, and he still ran the ball. And I remember Duke getting tackled for losses back then in a very simple uh, offensive play calling. And he had a senior quarterback last year, and and he does the same thing with the freshman this year. There's that parallel. The other parallel, after that game, it appeared that our defense played well, and we know what happened the rest of the year. So I think that is yet to be determined. But I want to get your take on the spread offense and why I think the University of Miami should be playing the spread offense, and I want to hear what you have to say. And the main reason, Gary, it's a simple offense. It's very easy for the quarterback to read his keys in a spread offense. You don't require really good offensive linemen. They don't have to hold their blocks that long. And, and you know we don't have that good of an offensive line. And I think 
in the spread offense, Duke has an opportunity. If there are six people in the box, a terrific opportunity to run the ball, even up the middle. There's a lot of opportunities for him to run. What do you think about running the spread? It, I think it's a choice. I think it's a choice. I think both offenses can work very well. I think it's a choice. Personal preference. Okay. If you're a defensive coordinator for Duke or Virginia Tech or Louisville, who would you rather face? Ragula, the fullback, or Herb Waters at wide receiver or Dorset? Who would who would worry you more? Yeah, I mean you're right. But regular question, it, who, who would worry you more? Well, but Miami's who not playing cons- with a fullback most of the time. They're almost exclusively in one back. I mean, sometimes they put a fullback in there, but not often. I mean, Gary, they, they were in two tight ends, two backs in the second half quite often. I mean, I, I yeah. was surprised. They were, mix, they were they, mixing it up. But, I mean, they, they don't play with a fullback a ton. And, and you know, uh, one more thing, and I'm going to get off. You know, I think Kaya could do a lot better if they simplified the game for him. Why not throw, you know, you say Simplified they wanted the to game. keep, they, they, they want, let me finish my thought for a second. They wanted to keep it simple, and I understand that. They wanted to keep it safe. Whatever happened to the swing pass to Duke? Whatever happened to a screen pass to Duke? Those are very safe plays, and Duke can get the ball in the open field and do some, do some stuff. And it's very safe. It's very easy for even for a freshman quarterback to complete those passes. When was the last time we threw a screen pass to Duke, Gary? When, when was the last time we threw a swing pass to Duke? All I can tell you is I is I'm, I'm what, what, why don't 100% we, why don't we sure it's in the offense. Whether it was in the game plan for last night, I can't tell you. It's in the offense. Last night, or, last night or last year. When was the last time they threw a screen pass to Duke last year, Gary? I don't remember one. Not many. It's a it's a safe call. It's it's great against the blitz. It'll slow down a blitzing team. I mean, it's a terrific call, and yet you never see it. And it's a simple call, and you, you don't even have to be Bill Walsh to call that. You know, you you can just be anybody. Um, what do you think? Swing passes, screen passes. What I think it's in the, the offense. It just wasn't called. Why don't we run? Why don't we run more wheel routes to Duke? Why don't we make Duke, why don't we flank him out and throw the ball to him? They did run that nice route last night that got called back by another borderline call. They didn't get any breaks from the referees last night, I'll tell you that. All right, listen, let me let you run. Um, I want to get a lot of people on here down the stretch. Um, Give give us a call again next week. I appreciate appreciate your show. Really, uh, really enjoy here. Can you keep me on hold? Yeah, will do. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, thanks. All right, let's go out now to the 786, where you're now live on Team Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello. Yes, sir, that's you. The only thing I can say is when are the Kansas fans, even you, Gary, when are we going to start saying we're just straight up getting out coach, period. Everything starts with the coach, point blank, period. I mean, you know, like, just, do, do you really yeah. have to say it? Let, let, let me ask you a question, seriously. Do, 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 and everyone is saying it anyway, but, like, everybody saw what went on out there last night. I mean, there's no question. They, they got undressed last night. It was it was a horrible, horrible evening for the Miami Hurricanes in Louisville last night. 
and 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 that was even with the defense playing better and and some of the bright spots that you saw out there and all that. Um, I I don't think it has to anybody needs to be beaten over the head. I, I actually like how the defense played. I, I mean, I, I was I was. I wasn't really upset with the defense because it's like this. The longer you're on the field, eventually you're going to get tired. So, I mean, that's just human nature. You don't run off oil and water. You run off food and water. You know what I mean? So, it's like you you could have saw that coming because the defense was out there so long. So, you could have eventually saw, like, that coming. But it's just like the play caller, man. It's the same thing for the last four years. And that's the thing. Like with Brad Kaya, everybody want to talk about a freshman, this, that, and the other. Football is football. Ten yards is ten yards. Point blank period. I mean, the higher you go in the competition, the better it gets. But it's like this here. If you feel as though he is not ready, why put him out there? I mean, the only way – Well, that's what I said. I don't know if you read my column, but I totally agree with you. You know, what's the point of putting him out there and then having to coddle him? I mean, it just just doesn't – it made no sense to me. This is my thing. I look at it like as like when I go on a job interview or something like that, thank the God I work or whatever. But it's like this here. How can you gain your twentieth year of experience without getting your first minute? You can't. You gotta get your first minute before you get your twentieth year. And I mean if you're gonna put him out there, let him play. Because if he's gonna make the mistakes, he's gonna make the mistakes. Let him learn in the fire. Ain't no need of saving it for later. If you're gonna let if you're gonna let him play, play. He threw for 3,800 yards last year. Obviously, he was doing something right. Why not put him in a five-wide spread of mind? Not necessarily run the hurry up, but at least let him get, like, a little rhythm going. Give him give him some type of rhythm. Let him get his confidence going. The play calling, I mean, that was, like, absolutely ridiculous. That was, like – I mean, he had 174 yards passing. Wait, wait, wait hold, up, hold up one second. He had 174 yards passing last night. He threw the ball 29 times. He was intercepted twice. Okay. I think people would rather see a more aggressive game plan, even if it meant that he got intercepted four times. I and think I they would feel that. better about about it today I, than they feel. That's that, that's my point exactly because at least he's learning. I mean, you got the handcuffs on him. If I'm, if I'm reading the columns or reading the papers or whatever, and you're saying he's doing this and that in practice, okay, this not practice, this real-life ammunition right here. Let him loose. Let him go. I mean, if he's going to make the mistakes, he's going to make the mistakes. I'd rather him make the mistakes trying than just sitting back getting hammered because he was getting Listen, hammered. Listen, I, I know night. it's spam you, but I'll be very surprised if Al Golden doesn't dictate that this week and and order the offense to be more wide open uh, this this weekend. And anyway, this, is me... my last, this is my last yeah, thing, Gary. For Al yeah. Golden, the excuses are over. Stop putting the freshman in and then using that as a crutch. Come on, now. It's, it's enough. It's not. This, this, this is this enough. Try to yeah, do yes, that. No, I'm he, just saying, Gary. You got. It's just, just like sometimes you got to read between that. the lines. You, you just got to read between the lines, Gary. He never said it, anything. It's plain as day, Gary. It, no, it, it's plain no, as no, day, Gary. Right. <laughs> it's plain as right. day, man. You got to stop using he, the freshman as crutches, man. No, he did not come close to doing that. I mean, criticize. You got eight, you got eight million things to criticize. That's not one of them. He did not try to use it as an excuse. All right, hey, give us a call again next week. I'm going to try to get some other people on. Great call. So there. All right, let's go now to the eight five zero where you are now live. Five, how you doing? Hey, game was good. Hey, Jay. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Jake? What's up, man? 
Not much, man. What yeah, you got? Man. Nah, man, I'm just, we all aggravated, but I ain't going to sugarcoat nothing. Nah, yeah, I'm just going to keep it real with everything, man. Kaya, Kaya look good. Kaya ain't blow the game. If the offensive line would have blocked a little bit for the boy, he probably would have looked a little better. I feel like we had it in the position that we could have really won that game. I mean, how many times did you get in the red zone? Three or four, right? Three? Uh, three? Yeah. Three or four. 13 points. Four times in the red zone, we got 13 points. Yeah. You feel where I'm going, going with that? Defense was two turnovers. Defense, defense, defense got tired because the offense was on the field too short. You getting all these how, players out, you go open that. How many times this year do you think the defense is going to have two turnovers inside the 10-yard line? <laughs> Exactly. You got to capitalize on all that. You got to capitalize on all that. And another thing, saying that's not happening again. Yeah, exactly. Another thing, Coley, James Coley, he a bum. He man, look, listen. He's not just a like bum. Have, just man, Gary, you be Gary, you be sugarcoat for these guys, man. Listen, I'm not sugarcoat. He had a horrible listen, man, night last week. I'm not going. I'm I'm tired of all the excuses. Circle it, Listen, highlight it, whatever. Yeah. He had a horrible yeah. night last night, but he's not a bum. Just give me out. You said he, you said he, you said he learning. He a young, he a young coordinator, right? He learning, right? We don't need that in Miami. If you, if you, if you young and you learning, go to one of these schools that's young and learning. Man, we don't need no young learning coordinator. We need somebody who who know how to win, who gonna come here, establish the offense, and gonna execute. We, we ain't got time for you to be coming here from Florida State, learning, learning this offense. Trying to, trying to, like you experiment on play. This, this man will call a, a guy right and come out here with a reverse pass and Dorsey losing yard. You calling this on the goal line, man? What kind of trash is this? This ain't you in football. The not for you too. I, man, I'm watching the game. It would, it would have been a great play in a different situation. It wasn't a bad play. It was, it was nice play. Man, Coley be blowing, Coley be blowing the whole UM nation, Gary. I know you sit. I know you were sitting there on that third and goal, and you see the reverse come the door set. Like it looked like he was going to throw it to Kaya. That's what he was going to do, but the linebacker had picked Kaya up. Come on, man, we can't yep. afford that. We in Louisville, they hyped. It's a blackout. We trying to make a statement on national TV. He gotta get out here and got us looking like, looking like, man. I don't know what we was looking like. We weren't looking like Miami ball. And, and, and Golden, Golden don't get any boys' faces. He over here wiping his eyebrow the whole game, man. You gotta be, you gotta, man. Sometimes you just gotta check some of these cats. Hey, look, hold these boys up, get in their face, get in their ear. Look, man, we come to win. You can look at the anger. I'm I, I watching Tracy. I got a DVR, so I keep wanting it. Tracy over there snapping. I, I read his mouth. This is what he said. He said, "The man, this man keep trying me. He's so disrespectful." That's just what he said. I don't know if he was talking about a player. He could have been talking about the Mafia. You see what I'm saying? These boys aggravated, man, because if Tracy at Florida right now, Tracy balling. If Tracy at State right now, Tracy balling. Then I hear other people calling, oh, yeah, we were on probation. Now this is the first year. Nah, man. Ohio State was just on probation. What they were doing on probation? They were still beating people's heads in. That ain't no excuse, man. It's a winning right. program, man. It's a uh, winning let me program, stop. man. Let me stop you so I can let some other people have, have a voice. Hey, yeah, thank you. Give us, give us a call next week. All right. All right, let's, let's go now to the 361, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, Gary? Oh, just having a little fun here. Oh, man, it's, it's been a rough day. I'm down here in Corpus Christi, Texas, man. I'm, 
I'm representing the University of Miami to the fullest, but um, um, I want to skip a lot of the um, the petty stuff. A lot of people are calling in saying, you know, acting like they're uh, Miami Hurricane football uh, savants. You know, they're saying that they studied <laughs> Miami football for the longest, and they understand what's going on and all this other stuff. The first thing I want to say is that Calia is the real deal. That cat got hit a lot, and he showed a lot of poise. The he second did. thing is – go that ahead. That doesn't mean he's ready to be out there, though. He, but Well, see, he he's an 18-year-old. He was ready, Gary. In that situation, you I, – I, I've listened all show long. You've even said that that boy, he threw two interceptions, but he never folded. Morris last year looked beat. He would look beat. Kaya was standing up. He got hit in the face mask three or four different times, got up, and was ready to go. This kid has it. That was Louisville. It was a tough opponent. The problem is the coaching staff. And the thing is, is that I want to ask you the bottom line. How long? How long does Golden have? Because this thing is that he, Golden is what he was year one. He is a horrible game day coach. Horrible. He, he, he just doesn't get it. He's getting out coached. We're not beating Nebraska. We're not beating Duke. Cutcliffe will eat that zone up again. And we're not beating Florida State. We're not beating Georgia Tech. We're not beating these teams because Golden cannot make in-game adjustments. That's a problem. Uh, I, to answer your question, this is year four. I think he gets at least five and, and possibly six, depending on how things are going. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. I, I just wanted to call and make my point. And, and another thing to where I think that Shalala is the problem and Golden is one of the symptoms of the problem. She is into fundraising, and and Golden is a good press guy. He he's he, he um, he's like a, a used car salesman. He's a good he's salesman. He's a great representative he's, of the university, no doubt about it. Excuse me. The great representative of the, of the university. I mean, exactly. your head football coach. And, and, and you are too. You know, I I you know I love King Sport. I, I love to call your show. But the thing is, is that with your show, here's the difference. With your show, there's results. Because it's been depression all day. But here in this show, at this hour, it, it works. It, 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 it gives us a chance to just come down from being depressed all day. Watching Miami is depressing. When did our football become this? And it goes back to what you said about Coker. Ten years if ago. Coker would have stayed. <laughs> I mean, you've got to laugh. It's been ten years. <laughs> to be I agree yes yes and so I'm with this kid 100% but I think that Golden and that staff would destroy this kid if they don't either change the game plan even against FAMU he needs to just go five wide and let this kid throw you know because that last night it was a disgrace it was hard to watch that but I did and I'm calling in today Um, I'm glad you got me in I'm gonna let somebody else get in but I appreciate you letting me get in Gary all right, man, give us a call again next week. 
All right, let's go now to the 501, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, this is Alex, man. Can you hear me? Can hear you. What's, what you got? Okay, man, listen, here's my thing. Uh, I called in last week. I've been calling in. Every time I watch, the, watch us in a very big game, it looks like we're afraid to win. We play more not to lose instead of playing to win. And that's what I our agree. coaches look like. I think like. That's, part of their, that's part of their problem. We played more to, to not lose the game instead of to win the game. We didn't have anything to lose. We had to come out and try to punch them in the mouth. So there wasn't any reason for us to come out and pay, play like a daisical and lay back. We should have took the fight to them. You know, and, and so that's the problem that I have is every time I turn on my TV and we're in a big game, we always taking everybody's punches instead of being the person that come out and hit them in the mouth. And that's, as a Canes fan, that's just not what I'm used to. And it's very, very hard to watch that. Yeah, that's why people are so upset. Okay, so and what I wanted to ask you is, is that – why don't they change the snap count? Now, if on our offensive line, if you're going to have a problem at that right tackle, we might need to put Mongo back over there at tackle because we're going to have to be able to do something or else everybody that we play is going to line up in eight or nine in the box and dare us to throw the ball. I think you're going to see Casey McDermott get a look. I, I think they just didn't want to throw him out there last night because of all the uh, blitz looks and stuff that Louisville has. But I think you'll see Casey McDermott start to get some time over there. And those, well, that, that, asking, that, that would probably be the first option uh, before they start moving guys around. But you never know. Well, let me, let me ask you this. If we're able to start a freshman quarterback, why are we afraid to start the freshman in other positions? I don't think they're afraid. They're not afraid at all. They put, they, they put Braxton Berrios out there last night more than any other receiver yeah. on the team. Other yeah, goal. like you said. Yeah, that that was a question as well. But, I mean, we just got to come on with it and stop being afraid. And like I said, it just looked like we play not to lose instead of playing to win. And I just I just keep going yeah. back to that. I never I never was a Penn State guy and like their style of play. That's not for me. I didn't like that. And it just seems like that's what he's trying to make us, and we're Miami, and we're not that. And and I'll hang up and let it, let somebody else come in. All right, man. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. Give us a holler uh, next week. All right, now let's go to the 912, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. It's Gene Way. <laughs> hey, what's up, Gene Way? What you got? It's been a long time for you, brother. Um, yes, you have, man. I'm, well, listen, I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you very much for listening to this stuff. you got a lot of angry puppies that are calling in, man, and I, I feel the passion and the love for the team, and it's, it's a good thing to hear. Um, I'm not going to sit here and talk about X's and O's and who should be doing what because, quite frankly, I think that's something that none of us are qualified to do. But I will ask you some, a couple questions, and I want to make a couple comments. My first question is if something really pisses me off, and I know it just burns the butts off of every single Kane fan, why in the hell do we have so much hate in the media towards our team? I mean, it's It's sick. You you sit there and watch a game. They're talking about all these damn coaches. Every time we're playing, it's like, how can we beat Miami? How can we beat Miami? What is up with this? For the last decade, I've been listening to this crap from these announcers, and I'm just trying to figure out why is there so much hate? 
I don't think there's there's hate. I just think that the program has been struggling for so many years that that's influenced public opinion. Well, listen, I, what, you know, I, I mean, the guys get on the boards, and we crack a lot on, uh, you know, the 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 ESP uh, the ESPN guys. I mean, they're they're a real they're a farce. But when you sit there and listen to these guys. They they really just demean the whole program. They demean us, and you know, every, when we were going through the NCAA crap, you know, they were they were really dogging the hell out of us. And every time they get an opportunity, you don't ever hear about how Miami's going to try and come back and do this, that, or the other. It's always about like last night. I mean, it was all about the Petrino era has started. Let's hear how wonderful Louisville is. I mean, there was no. I don't know. It's just it's it's not just with this game. It's every single game, even in the bowl game. It's all about Louisville. It's all about Teddy Bridgewater. It's all about whoever's playing against the Canes. And I, I don't know. I mean, I I think there's. I have a feeling, and a lot of my Cane brothers probably feel the same way. When we watch a game and we hear the media, they dog the crap out of us. And I'm just wondering why is there such a hatred towards this team? I don't think there is. I think last night Bobby Petrino coming back to Louisville was a story angle that they obviously were going to pursue. Um, but, but like I said, I think that Miami's struggles over the last 10 years has influenced the national perception of the, of the program. Yeah. And we, you know, on that note, I really do believe that we are going to be between a rock and a hard place. Uh, I don't know what golden plans on doing. I don't know what the, his, his staff has got in mind. They've got, they've got a, we've got the talent. We've got to figure out how to intelligently use them. I mean, you hear a lot of the guys, they make some valid points when they're talking about it. We've got to figure out how to, to turn, turn the game vertical so we can open up the line so a guy like Duke can run or somebody can do something. You can't stack. We've had it in the past where we've have, if we didn't have a, a decent passing game, people would just stack up the line, you know, and we know how that works. You're not going to run when there's 9 and 11, 11 guys on the freaking line. That's, no, they they did a horrible job of that last night. Yeah, and and, and, they, and you know, if you think about it, that Louisville has done that over the last couple of years. They've done, we've played them. Um, they've done that to us, and a couple other teams have also successfully done that. We've never really been able to adapt to that. And it's, it's inexcusable simply because we do have um, the speed on the outside to get it done. I mean, you know, you throw a couple balls over the top. I mean, we did get one pass like that last night, and quite frankly, I thought it was funny because it was a tight end that got the pass. So, yep. I mean, we, you know, that's something they're going to have to adjust to. But my – my other question and kind of comment I want to make is that I am very, very concerned that, let's say hypothetically, uh, you, you made a comment, you said Golden's secure in this contract situation. Well, if he comes out with a five or six losses this year, we go six and six, do you realistically think this guy's going to survive? Let, let, let's see how the season plays out. I don't want to speculate on that. I mean, what's the yeah, point I'm, of speculating on I know that's a hard of- uh, well, what's the point of speculating on a five or six loss season? You know, there's well, no I mean, point to that. Let's let yeah. it play out. Let's, you know, we're here every we're here every week. We're on the message boards every day. Let's let's let it play out. Let's see what happens and let's react to reality as opposed to trying to doom and gloom and then say, hey, what's going to happen if the whole program falls apart? You know what I'm saying? There's well, no point. Yeah. Well, I I I would gather to say that you know this is a very big money sport. The university stands to make a tremendous amount of money for us being successful. We all know that with the five national championships and, of course, the four titles that we were in that we lost, which is a total of nine total uh, title games that we were in, we brought in an awful lot of money. 
Uh, I'm sure that well, there I will tell you this: the the universe, the, the UM football program has struggled for ten years now. But from what yeah. I have been told, it, admission applications to the University of Miami have have been surging in recent years, and uh, so I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know if that's going to dictate. From an academic perspective, I don't think we. Can, I mean, it is one of the elite schools in the country, so there's no question yeah. about that. But I mean, from an athletic perspective, it's unfortunate to see that we've got. We, there is a perception there that's. It's starting to diminish, and I, ho- I hope we're not falling into a tier three school. I'd hate to no. think we're being compared to earn BYU's back. in Kansas. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But you anyway, you listen, thanks back for by doing a, doing a lot better than they did last night. Agreed. Well, listen, thanks for the calls, and thanks for taking uh, <laughs> taking a little bit of a beating yourself on this. Have a good night. Oh, yeah. Thanks for being part of the show. Taking a little bit of a beating. This is the this is the third state. I've done this in today. I'm having a great time. Um, let's go now to the 419, where you are now live. How are you doing tonight? How are you doing, Gary? Doing good. This is Maria uh, from Ohio. I was actually at the game last night. I was present. I was uh, on Louisville sideline there right in the front row, and I just have a few things to comment from my perspective on the game. Yeah, go ahead. And I've been watching Cage football for quite some time, and, you know, and, and again, the defense, they actually played above and beyond what I was expecting. I really... Coming into that game, I was expecting, honestly, a Cardinal win. We're starting an 18-year-old kid at quarterback. You know, it's a t- you're, under, you're behind the eight ball, so you know the defense is going to come in. They're probably going to stack the line. And, you know, that's the game. That's an obvious game plan to shut the stop Duke and make the quarterback beat you. I get that. And you have to understand as an offensive coordinator, when you start this kind of, you know, when you put an 18-year-old out there, and I understand. I, I do totally understand scaling back the offense. I mean, the kid just got to the school there. You know, he's getting getting familiar with everything. But what I didn't oh. understand is when you have a new kid, a tight end is always his best friend. Always. And, I, and it would really bother me with the red zone offense, you know, where we get two turnovers inside the 10-yard line. And the whole time I'm saying, listen, play action to Walford is there all day. And you saw it. And I just didn't understand why they just wouldn't come back to this a little bit more because Walford, I mean, I was watching this kid roam free on play action half the day. And that would be enough to loosen some run lanes because even if you watch, when I was watching the linebackers and the defensive backs, even when they didn't have, like you did, you, you definitely uh, made a stupid comment that they weren't, you know, always putting eight in the box. But what I did notice was their first step was always forward. It was never backwards. You know, it was always definitely coming to stop Duke, and I think a little more play action would have opened up a little more for the kid and opened up our offense a little more and given us a better shot to win because that was a very winnable game. It really well, was. It actually surprised me that we were in that ball game. They never made Louisville adjust to anything. Right. That's I mean, what I was saying. I did, I just, yeah. And, and then just a little more play action. I use that tight end a little more, enough just to open them, just to keep them from attacking forward, enough just to slow up the, the pursuit. I mean, Duke did a marvelous job. 90 yards with the holes he had was, was unbelievable on 20 carries. I mean, there really was. And I, I just would have liked to see a little more out of the OC. And what really bothers me is, yeah, we're going to beat up on, F, on FAMU, and, and that's wonderful. And, and I do like that game because it gets the kid ready, gets his feet wet, and I understand that. Then you get Arkansas State, a little better than FAMU, but again, a team we should beat and get the kids some more experience. But with scary, and then, me, and then, and then you go to Nebraska and you you try again. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but are we going to lay the same egg? That's what really well, scares me with the OC. It, you know, it really does bother me. 
if you're going to start that kid, give him a chance to win the game. It, it wasn't the right play. I just didn't think they gave him the right game plan to put that kid in a position to win the game. I really don't. I mean, I understand. Don't get me wrong. You do not open that offense up with a young kid and let him throw four picks and you're out of the game in the second quarter as opposed to the fourth. I get that. And, I, and I'm fully aware of that. But it really bothered me just to see him tighten up on the goal line. Duke run. Duke run. In a reverse. That was a joke. Play goal. But, you know, I mean, that was just ridiculous. You know, play action of the tight end. When you watch that play go to Walford, how wide open was that? I mean, you were right there. I mean, I was sitting right, you know, front row. The kid was yep. so wide open. I mean, there was there was no one within five yards of the kid. Probably could have fed him the ball a little bit more and made Louisville adjust to it. Maybe that would have opened up something else. So I, th- I think you're making a great point. Anything else you got for us tonight? No, no. Actually, I was pretty proud. You know, I was pretty actually, you know, I, I thought the defense played a little inspired football. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can gear up and beat Nebraska. All right. We'll see what happens. Give us a call again next week. All right. Take care. All right, let's go out now to the 239, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? You, are you hey, with what's us? what's going on, Gary? Is, yes, I'm Who's here. This? Who's this? Carlos. What's going on, brother? Oh, doing good, man. What you got? Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Nothing. Uh, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I was mad, throw, wanted to throw things at the TV, you know, a long-time Kane's fan. And this is, you know, every year, seems like the last 10 years is, Wait until next year. But then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? You know, I do agree with a couple of callers. I think Brad Kaya is going to be the real deal. You know, this, this you never know. This season can turn out like 2000 where we lost to Washington. Everybody wanted to just jump off a bridge, run the table, and we got screwed by the BCS. Could have made it to the championship game. Um, I think he's the real deal. I, I honestly think that he just needed maybe one tune-up game. If we would have had, you know, FAMU first and then this game, I think it would have been totally different. He was fine. No, he but I think fine. the whole team. I'm talking about the offensive line looked like they were they, – they, they couldn't block anything. And it if you terrible. notice, we went from a shotgun with Stephen Morris to a pro-style non-shotgun drop back with him and it was basically, I mean, it just got, it, the three and outs, if you look at him, it, he would snap the ball, take three steps back, try to hand it off to Duke, and by the time he did that, there was already two Louisville defenders in his face. Even when he went to pass, there was, you know, he dropped back, and as soon as he saw the receiver open, ready to throw, there was somebody right in his face, so he had to take off running. I mean, you can't, I mean, no matter how, you could have been Stephen Morris back there, you could have been Ken Dorsey back there. If you have no time to throw, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, so I think he did really, really good, kept his composure. We got our coach like we've done the last 10 years. I mean, we're used to it. I mean, aren't we? Getting our coach every single game. And one of the things that I did want to say, though, is that it's in the point where a lot of people are not. Well, I mean, we, we do. We, there's been a lot of games. Every year we pick one team and we play down to their level. And that's been the case every single year. And you know that. There's, we pick one game, play down to their level, and lose. We doesn't did that in North Carolina that, when we were ranked number. Not doesn't well, everybody. Some, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, you're right. NC State beat Florida State a couple of years back. You know, everybody does that. Take one game and play down to their level. One of the things that I did want to say though, in in reference to Al Golden, is that people are like, oh, well, you know, he's out of the cloud, out of the cloud. Yeah, but you know how many kids, and you and you and you're in recruiting, and you should know this. You know, there's a lot of kids on the team that were not his first option. They weren't even his second options. Even if they were three and four stars, they were not his first two options. But right, because of the clouds and people like 
I don't I don't see that as I mean that was well I do I mean I I see it as the NCAA I mean Valentine left the program you know uh, Valentine last year no I love I I love Coach Golden and I don't I I have no issues with Coach Golden and everything else I'm going to tell you something we cover recruiting as extensively as anybody could possibly cover recruiting we never had one kid until a basketball kid this past year ever suggest bring up in any way shape or form that the reason that they weren't going to Miami was because of the NCAA investigations not one okay so I'm just being honest with you to me sitting here being real with you guys that to me that's not an issue okay you 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 want to point to problems in recruiting, not getting the first and second choice, not being relevant nationally to where you can get those kids, you know, that point to those things, but don't point to the NCAA. The biggest problem Miami so has... So negative right recruiting, now, you don't think negative recruiting had anything? I mean, like, look, at, look negative, at Florida State. They had... Hey, let me ask you a question. Wait, stop, stop, stop. Let me just make a point to you. You don't think people are negative recruiting uh-huh. Miami today? Tonight, as oh, yeah. you're having this show, they are negative recruiting the daylights out of Miami right now, not because of any NCAA sanctions, because of the way they looked in the, on the field last night. And people are always going to find something to negative recruit about. Um, what I'm trying to tell you is I don't believe, and like I told you, we talk to these kids weekly. I mean, nobody covers recruiting more extensively than we do. We never had one kid in those three years ever say, I'm not going to Miami because I'm worried about the NCAA sanctions. They'll say I'm not looking at Miami because Miami's not relevant nationally right now because the program is, hasn't won anything in 10 years. You know, they'll say that, but they're not saying it was because of the NCAA. All right. Well, let me I, try to get all right. more people on here before we go tonight and give us a call again next week. All right. No problem here. All right. All right. All right, we're going to go two more calls tonight. Um, let's go out to the 202, where you're not live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello. How are you doing today? Doing uh, good. This is, this, is, uh, this is James from D.C. All right, James, what you got? Great. How are you doing? Uh, basically, like, um, my take is this, right? I, I just don't like the way they, like, they keep changing, like, DBs every, like, certain place. Once you just have, I don't like, like it either. Once you just have like two slot DBs and you have like two slot DBs that you could like rotate, because sometimes some DBs you gotta you gotta be on the field constantly, you know what I'm saying, just to get the the field going. You can't uh, take I DBs out I like have felt two for the entire three years going on four now that they're trying to play too many kids. I mean, I understand that it's Coach Bolden's philosophy. He likes to have guys involved, and 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 he feels. It keeps the entire 85-man roster engaged in what's going on every day. I totally get that. However, I believe it puts an enormous amount of pressure on his assistant coaches to get all these kids ready to, ready to go big time in a ball game. And I, I think it's just asking a lot. Yes. Once you have, just have two, and then, and, then, and then you can tell them, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy is your backup. So and so and then and then plus um, they did it they did it um, with the wide receivers too constantly constantly you just have like three star wide receivers just put them there put them there put them there then then uh, when they get tired you just have somebody else come in stop doing all these rotations rotations I think you're making a great point and then plus um they could they could just open up the plays a little bit better that's it I mean they had the game in their hands like 
in the second half, like in the third quarter. But you know, they just mess it up. They just mess it up. The defense played good, and then uh, they just need to stop rotating kids, man. That's you all I had like? to say. Thank you. All right, man. Give us a call next week. Great point. You know, we've been watching this for a few years now, and. I mean, the, last night, I mean, th- there was heavy rotation after one series. I mean, you pick starters, and they're supposedly your best at those positions. Why do you have to make wholesale changes I- with three minutes into the game? I, you know, I, I think that's a, a mistake that uh, they've been making for a long time. I, I think kids aren't getting into the rhythm of the games, and I, and I think, like I said, that it's asking the assistant coaches uh, to – and by – what I mean by prepare is for a kid to really be prepared for a football, football game, he needs to do independent film study with his position coaches and really hone in on what the other team's doing. And it's hard enough to get, you know, say, two or three linebackers ready for a big-time football game. When you're trying to get six ready, I think it puts a lot of pressure on those coaches. Let's go out to the two four zero now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Gary. What's going on? This is uh, D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? What you got? Oh man, I look. <laughs> I feel for my Kings Nation. I feel for them because I feel the same way. Whenever my Kings lose, whether it's I don't know, I want I don't know if you can categorize a loss as a good loss, but whenever we lose, I don't even watch ESPN. I don't watch college football daily. I try to stay off your message board because. I just don't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? It's just, like you said, 10 years, Gary, 10 years. And every year I say, this is the year, this is the year, this is the year. Now, yeah, the defense played well, but I don't care who you got out there playing defense. You can have every former great Kane player that's ever played defense, and if the offense can't convert, three, can't convert on third down, they're going to get ran on. They're going to get scored on because they're going to get tired. It's just how the body works. They didn't get no breathing. You saw at one point, well, Matt, point, point example. If you remember the play, when running back Brown scored, scored his touchdown, prior to that play, Denzel was tapping his helmet. Yo, I need a breather. I need a breather. They ran. They ran a straight power, ISO, to the left. Denzel came kind of half-assed because I know he was tired took on the block, and didn't get no resistance. He ran in for a touchdown. The brother was tired. And I love Denzel. He burned out last night. Yeah, he was, he was done. out. And, and he had nothing left at the end of the fourth quarter. He had given and, everything he had. Exactly. And that's what Kane football is about, when you give it your all and you're getting cramped up. He burned out last night. It wasn't yes, the defense. he did. It wasn't the defense. Yeah, they gave him 37 points. But it wasn't the defense, the offense. The offense, and I'm going to say the offense of line. You've got to give the quarterback more than two seconds to throw the ball. The young brother could not set his feet and make his right reads. Every time he was throwing, he was throwing off his back foot. He was not able to follow through with his passes. If you notice, some of the, pass, some of the passes didn't have no good velocity on it because he wasn't able to step into his throws. That's all on the offensive line. That's all on the great Art Kehoe. Now, why was he coaching from the press box? If you're the offensive uh, line, you know, I'm not be... sure, but I've never seen him up there like that. He's always been on the sideline. Um, exactly. I'm not sure why they made that change, but it's something that I, that, that stuck out to me last night. I gotta try yeah. to ask 
ask him and find out. Yeah, please do, Gary. And if you was up there in the first half and you see the offensive line was a little bit shaky, like Isadora and Taylor Gabois, then you come down in the second half, you coach from the field. And I'm pulling Gabois. I'm like, yo, I'm putting McDermott out there. You couldn't do no worse than what Gabois was doing. Couldn't be no worse. We got to see. But yeah. moving forward, moving forward, you know what I'm saying? I'm always looking at the, I'm always looking at the glass half full. Moving forward, we got FAMU coming up. So that should give everybody, get their feet wet, make their assignments, hold their blocks, and most importantly for Kaya, you know, to make some reads, get downfield, connect with your receivers, form some type of uh, um, uh, relationship, some comfortability, and we keep it moving. And the defense continues to get better. But like the other caller said, and like you stated for the past three, four years, Gary, you know, pick our best DBs and let them ride out. And those are your dogs. Let them, let them go into the dog fight and let them finish the game. They need a breather, boom, let them, let them stop. You identify who your nickel corner or your dime corner is, bow. If you want them all in the, if you want them all in the game, well, you know what? Well, what you want a four two five? So now you have five DBs out there. Do all right, Deep Black. Great, great right, call. Gary. All right, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir, man. Well, guys, great show. I, I, I think we got a really good cross section of opinions tonight. I want to thank everybody who called in. For those that are still on the board. Um, apologies that we're not going to get to you tonight. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of limited on our airtime, uh, so we can't go on all night. Uh, but we will be back next Tuesday night to pick it up from here. And, um, again, thank you to everybody and uh, hope that listening to all these different ideas and opinions um, made you feel a little bit better this evening. Talk to you next week. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 